Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. Episode 145. And guys, it's been a few weeks since I've been here and it feels great to be back literally in my seat where I've recorded for the past 144 episodes. Yeah, right. Uh, it feels funny to be on the other side with the janky camera out on a course, like, <laughs> but you guys could hear me. Oh, it's fun. Good times. Nick, I'm back. Um, as I just said, you're back. You're, you're back in that, that cool office with the baseball or whatever behind you. Exactly. Yeah, I got a couple signed baseballs back there. No idea who signed them, but um, <laughs> still don't know. we'd be remiss to say really quick that this episode is also presented by Cosmic Disc Golf. For all your cosmic needs, check them out at CosmicDG.com. Absolutely. Check out, they have a pretty awesome website, and they got some cool hats. Matt, you're actually wearing currently mm-hmm. one of the hats. I have a lot of their hats. Um, I love hats. I've been cycling them. In and out. Uh, anyways, Cosmic's great. Get paid to run tournaments. Reach out to them. Figure out how to make that happen for you. So I'm out at Worlds, Nick. Junior Worlds. Not playing, of course. I couldn't pass for the junior. But I might. I could play Am Worlds. I thought about it. It just didn't work out because yeah. I had to caddy for one of my kids. But, dude, I texted you guys this. There are so many junior competitors who check out the Nick and Matt show on a regular basis to the point where I'm at the players meeting. And juniors are walking up to me being like, Matt, like, oh, you know, like, cool. Like, hey, can I get a picture? I love your show, all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, wow, like, I guess the listening audience in my head wasn't juniors, right? But there's a large group of that. You never know who's listening. But the coolest, like, uh, I'm trying to think. His name's Liam. And they had a, I think it was Junior Worlds at the ballpark night or something for like one of their extracurricular activities. And I'm in line with my kids, just bought a ticket. And right behind me, I hear this smaller voice be like, is, are, are you Matt? <laughs> and I, I turn around and he goes, I go, yeah. He goes, and, and I can't do justice for those listening in their cars, I don't think, or driving or at work. But his face was like, his eyes got huge. And he goes, from the Nick and Matt show? <laughs> like, like that, Matt? <laughs> and I'm yeah. like... Yeah, man. I'm like, you know, like, cool. You like the show? And he's like, he's just like, guys, I am I am not a celebrity yeah. by any means. In the disc golf world, people recognize me. But like this kid made me feel like a million bucks. And when I got through the line, the security, the little, the little bar you got to walk through, like, I don't know what they call that. But I got into the baseball game. Turnstile, maybe? Yes, thank you. Tur- thank you, intern Ben. You're welcome. Turnstile. I get through and his mom comes like up to me before we walk away. She's like, please, can we get a picture with you like this? And they made a post recently and it said, guys, I'm going on and on because Liam is an incredible kid. And he said something along the lines or they said something along the lines of like, let me read. Playing in my first junior world's tournament is a great memory. But but what made it even better? This is this has to be made up was meeting Matt Graham from the Nick and Matt show. (laughs) (laughs) Nicest, absolute social media post of my life i am definitely going to keep that one thank you liam um one other thank quick you. story i'm at the players dinner and like this was pre-world starting and someone's like i recognize that voice like they say it out loud from their table 
<laughs> Dude, that happened to me when I was in uh, Delaware. Um, I think Chris Chris Villa, if that's his last name, if I'm it is messing Chris it up, Villa, yeah. I forget. And I, yeah, and go, he go literally up. turns around. I'm talking to someone else behind me. He turns around, and all of a sudden, he's just like, oh, I recognize that voice. What's up, Nick? And I was just like... And that's he goes, classic. I recognize that voice. He's like, but this is the funny part. He goes, are you Nick or Matt? <laughs> and I'm like, nice. I'm Matt. And he go, and I go, I was like, you recognize the voice, but could you tell it was me? Cause you were getting angry inside. And he thought that was pretty funny, but, um, nice. and then one other, I've got stories for days, but one other quick story is I sat, we sat down for the player's dinner. It was me and my kids and my brother-in-law who was helping, uh, with like the caddy stuff. And I apologize because I don't remember all the names because everyone's just sitting down at tables everywhere. But two uh, women sit down, three women sit down and one um, a, a guy. And I, I'm just being polite and I'm talking like, where are you from? They're from Indiana. And long story short, on the way, I ended up playing at like one of their home courses. I was like random. Nice. Like, OK, yeah, she knew exactly where it was. I asked her name. She said, Hannah. Well, wouldn't you know that FP, uh, FA1 player? next to me took down am worlds i was like what are the chances nice. yeah so sick it's just these random connections in disc golf and it's pretty yeah. cool when stuff like that happens uh there was 800 competitors 375 juniors it was a blast of a week minus Insane. all the junk in between but you walk away with memories in the end so that's some of my stories i, I don't know if anything else will come up maybe some ratings talk later evan but we'll see um by the way evan you're you, is it okay to say that you purchased a house or is that down low? Because now if it's down low, I just said so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you said it. I don't know if it was down yeah. low or not, but it's not now. <laughs> but yes, that is true. I, I'm not in it currently. Uh, if you recognize me from the past uh, year of episodes, uh, this is just m one of the rooms in our apartment. But yeah, we have a house uh, moving in shortly. Okay. Pretty exciting. We can What's always the address. Yeah, where's the party? <laughs> we can always do a green screen for you and just keep this background. But if if we're doing that, I recommend going back to some of the first ones where you had like the ski yeah, stuff my, behind you. Yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe I'll try to get the ski maps. <laughs> I mean, the setup here, I got that sliding door. Although you can notice that we've taken some stuff down. I don't have the yeah. uh, the will hike for beer or uh, ski NH license plate behind me anymore. But uh, there wasn't really a lot of room for ski maps, so I just had those signs. But We'll see how the new one looks and if uh, we can put up some cool stuff. Okay. Any uh, land with the new house? Yeah, it's uh, 12 and a half acres. Come on. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm kidding. I'm oh. kidding. That's a joke. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had to get you guys excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's like a third of an acre. You know, a okay. nice plot for being in a city, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, not enough for a course. Can do some putting in the backyard, of course. But <clears throat> yep. um, yeah, um, we're, we're really liking it. Cool spot. Okay. Very cool. I apologize for jumping back real quick, but I also uh, met another, I, I met so many junior competitors. I'm not going to get all their names, but shout out to Luke Tattleman out of South Lake Tahoe as well that I had met earlier in the year. He came out. So many incredible junior athletes uh, playing extremely good disc golf, and it's insane to watch. And I was not the only one there to say this, and you're just going to have to take my word for it. It is I think it's more fun to watch the best junior division players, like let's say the lead card or, or not, it doesn't even have to be lead card, but like the best at their age groups playing a uh, head to head with other kids that are as good as them. It's like watching the, the uh, little league world series. Like that's mm -hmm. enjoyable. And people love doing that. You seeing like smaller versions of full grown people playing at extremely high levels. And what you see is like, 
discussions about like what toy they're playing with when they get out of the round. I mean, I'm kind of making that up, but the point is like their conversations between throws is about totally different things. Um, it's really interesting to watch, but it was a true uh, privilege as always to watch it. So shout out to my, I, I have to give him one more shout out. Shout out to my son, Tanner, fifth place uh, in his division as the youngest competitors in his group, um, being able to nearly make the final nine. Uh, he'll Next year, he'll be in the older age group and hopefully we'll be able to push for that world title again. And then also my second or my first son, uh, I think 49th, out of like 96. So right in the middle. And he's also yeah. in the youngest com competitor in that age group at 13 in the 15 and under. So good job to them. I don't want to undersell their, their performances for sure. So yeah, uh, Hunter had over a 900 event rating too. So well done there. Sick. Absolutely. Yeah. Good for yeah. him. And for uh, him. Tanner averaged like 870 or something, which is almost a hundred points better. So yeah, Jeez. scary close to my rating. <laughs> <laughs> he put down his first 900 rated round uh, Tanner at world. So good job. Evan's still waiting for his. <laughs> oh please <laughs> okay all that I have enough said, 900s just <laughs> we, we did a lot of talking here but i wanted to get all that kind of out of the way because it's important to me but we have uh katrina allen lined up in about five minutes from now actually and then we've got cole Ridallin lined up we don't even have katrina in the title right now as of live recording so i apologize but katrina allen about five minutes cole Ridallin in about an hour or so from now and what we'd like to do is get to a recap. So I'm going to throw it to Evan. We got five minutes to do this. So just fit in what you can. And when Kat jumps in, we'll jump to her. Yeah. Uh, Katrina Allen takes it down. She goes wire to wire. Ricky Wysocki takes it down in MPO. He also went wire to wire. So we got double wire to wire wins. Uh, still an incredibly exciting weekend. Uh, not that either division was uh, clinched until the end, uh, even with them going wire to wire. It was Katrina Allen's 43rd elite or major win. Uh, that's a lot. Um, it's her second of the year. Uh, she hadn't won or even led, uh, after a round completion since Vegas. Uh, so she is back in the leader circle and then in the winner circle with the, uh, victory. <clears throat> Very cool there. Ricky Wysocki wins his 41st elite or major. And specifically with Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite, it's win number 20. Uh, Ricky Wysocki is the most Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite wins in history for MPO. Uh, Macbeth is at 17, I believe. Yes, 17. Uh, so just a few behind. And for wire to wire victories in MPO, uh, Ricky Wysocki has, I have it somewhere. I have it somewhere. It's, tw it's 12, 13, 13. It's 13. <laughs> Ricky Wysocki has 13 wire to wire wins now. Uh, that is the most of all time just uh, just now he was tied with Paul McBeth with 12 before this event. So he now has the solo record at elite and majors. Of course, Paul McBeth winning over to Europe. I'll get to him shortly. Uh, if we look down the leaderboard just a little bit, uh, in MPO, we saw Calvin Heinberg and Cole Redolin, uh, get the two other podium spots tying for second. Cole Redolin shot a 15 down in the final round, which tied with Ricky Wysocki's 15 down in round one is the second best round of the year by score to par. Uh, Conrad went 17 down at Jonesboro, which is the top. Uh, Calvin Heinberg gets yet another podium. I think it's now seven straight top tens for him on tour. Uh, he's still number one in the Disc Golf Pro Tour points. Uh, he he only picked up, I think it was 13 points. Uh, that might not be exactly correct, but he, he picked up a few points in Disc Golf Pro Tour points. Uh, he dropped his uh, finish from last week, which is a four-way tie for third. So he's now getting at the point where He's got to be really, really good if he wants to drop any events. And he was uh, coming tied for seconds better than 
tied for four-way third as far as disc golf <laughs> pro tour points comes. Uh, and and remember, we have Ledgestone coming up, which is after the European swing, which is an elite plus event. Oh, yeah. So that being 50% extra, if, if Heimberg comes in first or second or third, he's going to get a lot more points and drop those already incredibly good finishes. So it's cool to see that. Uh, and I'll mention in MPO, Eagle McMahon finished fourth. He had a bogey-free round in the final round to shoot up the leaderboard. Not enough for a win, but enough for a great finish. Uh, we saw James Proctor get another top five along with Garrett Gerthy. Uh, Simon Lazat finished 17th. I jumped over other people. I thought he was tied for 10th. Excuse me. He was 17th, still a solid finish. Uh, but we saw the top 10 include Alden Harris, Andrew Presnell, James Conrad, who was on the final round lead card, Anthony Brella and Gannon Burr. I do want to, uh, mention Nicholas Gill who made the final round lead card. His best finish at any elite major prior to this was 62nd. And for just disc golf pro tour elite events had never cashed before in his career. I believe from eight previous starts, maybe it was seven, uh, but around in that range. And so he cashed uh, here this weekend, which was the best cash of his career. Uh, swinging it over to FPO, unless you guys wanted to jump in with anything. Uh, yes. Nope. Ca- Calvin, oh, Calvin missed for it. a bunch of putts in that last round. And it's unreal. Yeah. Like the commentators were shocked. We were listening on DGN. And my kids and brother-in-law were watching, but as we were driving home from Peoria and it was just like, come on, Calvin, like I only pick you when I think you're going to win. You gained my trust this year and I picked you for this one. You're not going to do it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Watching live. That was definitely the big kind of narrative. Uh, the the lead card, which was Ricky Wysocki, Calvin Heimberg, James Conrad and Nicholas Gill. Uh, they got off really slow. I, I, I'm going to say Ricky picked it up and Calvin kind of picked it up. Not enough to win, but Calvin still had a fine round. Uh, Ricky went 10 down. Calvin went nine down and then Conrad and but Gil if you went d- five down. You're right. But, but if you were watching, if you were watching, you're like, dude, it was Calvin's like he, he missed like he was 40% or something in circle one. So anyways, that's yeah, all. Exactly. I, I think the down, score Calvin. doesn't tell the whole story and we'll talk about <laughs> it later, but the preserve, there's a whole lot of birdies. So uh, you got to get the, you got to score even better than nine down to really put that pressure on. Uh, and then further down the leaderboard in FPO, we have Kristen Tatar who uh, in the end lost by three strokes to Katrina. Uh, Christmas star is now zero in 17 when entering the final round down by three or more strokes. Uh, Holland Hanley picks up the podium. Uh, and then we saw Ella Hansen, Kat Mersch, and Missy Gannon all round out the top five. Missy Gannon shot the hot round in the final round. Uh, and uh, I mean, notable names like Haley King and Paige Pierce tied for seventh, but I do want to touch on Valerie Mandohano, who finished ninth. Uh, she is just recently back from injury uh, and picked up an incredibly good finish here. Uh, and then to round out the top 10, uh, Jennifer Allen, we saw her win a silver event earlier this year and getting a solid finish out in Minnesota. Okay. And with that being said, we just moved into FPO and we actually have lined up in our virtual green room. Katrina Allen, everybody, let's welcome to the show uh, the current reigning recent winner, Preserve. Is it Preserve Championship or Open? I apologize. The Preserve Championship. Thank you. Championship. We've got so many names now. All right. Katrina Allen, everybody. Welcome to the show, Katrina. Um, I'm trying to think how to start this. This is the FPO battle that like the fans wanted (laughs) to see somebody go head to head with arguably one of the best players in the world right now. And you did it. You started out super hot. You took it down. What did you feel like, like with this performance, was this the one that you felt like put a stamp right now on the season? Um, I guess if you saw my post, I kind of talked about in Portland 
that I kind of tried to get in a different mindset, except where my throw is, even though I don't still like love it, just accept where it's at um, and just be patient and not get so frustrated. And um, I kind of am a perfectionist, so I can even throw like a shot that has a good result, but I'm like, oh, that's still not right. And so <laughs> those are not good mid-season thoughts. So <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, just, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think what was really, really strong was my mental game for sure. So you, you won with a throw. I think you were saying backhand that you don't love right now. You won with that. Is that like, you think I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure this out right now. You don't feel like you're at yeah. your best right now. But you you performed not really off high. the tee, not okay. off the tee. Okay, I feel like I scramble well and I throw my putters and mids well, but I don't feel like my fairways and my mids could are as crisp and clean as I'd like them. And it's just some timing and footwork and fifty other things I'd love to change. Does it translate into <laughs> accuracy issues or distance mainly? Like what what do you see as the main uh, issue? Both. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I don't. I'm yeah, both. Okay. I think both. Okay, cool. Well, with backhand being a little bit off, as you're saying, putting was, mm. I think, the best putting performance I've ever had the pleasure of watching you do. I mean, from round one, two, three, the jump putts were all dead center. It felt like they were just going in and putting from inside the circle. They all just look clean. You took your time on them. What has been this new uptick in putting this year, just over the course of the whole year? Um, I think it goes back to, I guess, the beginning or the off season before last season. Mm -hmm. So what would that be uh, tw in 2021, 2022, like mm -hmm. winter, winter, spring? Um, you know, I really just changed some things up and it just kind of takes a while. And that's why I think I'm trying to be more patient with my throws. I think back to, okay, I started working on my putting then and then I'm not really seeing the results I wanted until you know, rounds of this season mm -hmm. or probably that I guess I felt like I put it really great at throw pink last year. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe there's where I started to see the results I wanted. Um, so yeah, I think it's just been a long process and I, I really feel like I have a great routine. Like no matter how far I am, what the situation is, I just do the same exact routine every time. Hmm. No, definitely. Um, we see, we see basketball, like with, and there's a lot of sports that do it, but basketball has that routine between before three free throws. And there's obviously something to be said for it. I think you either alluded to it in a post you made, or it was in the post round interview, but Cole being there working really well with you and being able to maybe say, Hey, and I don't, I don't know if he's saying this, but like, Hey, that routine, maybe you were a little faster than you normally are. Like, is, is he doing that kind of stuff? Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so like immediately after a bad tee shot, he'll be like, it was just your run up. Or wow. he'll be like this, that. And he's, he's so wow. like, uh, uh, so observant, right? Like yeah. he's, he's, he's there present a hundred percent of the round. Like wow. he's not missing a shot. He's not like, he is there 100% to support me. And um, yeah, actually we were walking from that hole and he was like, do you want to just move on or you want to talk about it? Wow. And I was, I was like, let's talk about it. And he's like, okay, your first one, you looked really slow. Like you, it didn't look like your same routine. And then it looked like you overcompensated and rushed the next one. And I was like, okay. And he's like, so let's just, uh, when then we just moved on. And then, uh, mm. yeah, 
It's, he, uh, he's not a bad player, so I mean, <laughs> no, he's decent. He's decent. <laughs> he's so talented. That's awesome. Yeah, we're gonna actually have him on in about an hour from now, so we'll ask okay. him from his perspective as well, um, what yeah. that's like. And watch him say something completely opposite. Be like, no, we didn't talk at all. She, you know, she wouldn't allow me to talk. She yelled at me, almost kicked me off the bag. You know, could have been. We'll see. Yeah, right. I think he's like. I actually message his mom. I'm like, I cannot believe how young he is, but mm-hmm. like he has such a level head and just just such a good kid. And uh and I think just from you know, knowing each other's games and him knowing the course and like practicing so well, it was just like we could just talk it out. Like I I, I mentioned in my post around it's like kind of what I see in ball golf, right? The conversations you see, like, that's what I feel like I'm benefiting so much from him being there. I've never really liked just a random person caddying for me because years ago, like 2013, 14, someone caddied for me once. And he, the guy's like, you can't get a putter there. And I was just like, okay. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Whoa. What? How do you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so talk here. to us. Yeah. Anyway. Just a little bit about going into the final round. You have a three-stroke advantage over Kristen, and I think it was within 10 holes the margin had been dropped to either she was winning by one or it was tied up, and then you were able to fight back on the final nine. Just talk to us a little bit about the pressure going from the front nine into the back nine. I know this sounds crazy, but I I really, anytime those thoughts came, I don't know if it was just because Cole was there and we were always talking game plan or just talking in general, I never – Although I was 100% aware of what Kristen was doing, I just kept telling myself, like, just to stay present and in my own game and not give any outside energy to, or, like, any energy to anything outside that I can't control and just, like, stay, yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. I was, like, just stay present, stay here. Kind of, like, don't don't get so far ahead of yourself that you're, like, oh, these holes are coming up, and she's got the sidearm, and she's got this, or I, you know, and, like, you get in all these silly scenarios. It was really just, like I said, my my mental game was so good. I was just focused on what I was doing, and I don't think until hole 17 I really thought about scores at all. Mm. So you kind of just said something that's going to, like, throw this whole question out. It's not probably not going to be valid at all if you're not paying attention to that (laughs) stuff. But from our perspective as fans, it appeared – that Kristen was playing more aggressive than we've seen. Uh, that that was that at least that was my takeaway. I don't know if I'm seeing this around the internet. It's my takeaway. Um, did you okay. notice that like some of those, uh, whether it was a putt or not, were you surprised to be like, wow, you went for that putt or anything like that from your perspective? I guess not because okay. like I, I don't know. I guess I'm just okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't know. Okay, maybe she was just trying to push. I guess that's what it. That's what right? it looked like. Yes, very much. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have. I mean, I've been in that position mm-hmm. where you know if a someone's putting, whatever, you have an opportunity to make up a stroke and you make it. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. And yeah. she made some of the putts uh, too, but it was just, I don't think we're used to seeing her in a trailing position like this. Um, I Maybe one or maybe one or two other times this season. And I'm sure that's kind of old from your guys' perspective out on the field. Uh, but um, what was that like? You know her abilities and you're leading and then, you know, it kind of got swallowed up at one point. Again, you weren't tracking all that till later in the round, but, but like, no, what was that like? Not, Nothing. It wasn't um, there. 
Well, I was, I, like I said, I, okay. I don't know. I, I just, like I, I said, in, I didn't, I haven't felt like that since probably worlds in 2021, yeah. as far as my headspace. It was almost like tunnel vision. Mm. Yeah. That's good. So, yeah. That's oh, great. <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. We've, we've talked so much every time we've had you on about mental stuff. Cause honestly, yeah. that's one of the biggest parts that everyone struggles with. And you seem to be accomplishing your goals with that. I'm sure you have a long way you want to go, but that's, that's fantastic. Oh, for sure. That's fantastic. Um, now this might seem a little out of place as far as like, people are like, why am I asking this? But DGA, you've been with them now a few years. Um, Again, it seems it seems somewhat sudden to people, but you're there. You got your own discs now. Um, you're th you seem to be throwing them well. Do any of them? Do you still feel like there's anything missing right now for you with DGA? Um, no, not okay. really. No, I would say, um, no, okay. I don't think so. I mean, I just it, actually it's quite the opposite. I really want to get my timing and my throw to where I know it can be. Because some of these discs are so amazing, I feel like I'm not giving them the credit <laughs> or throwing them to the ability that I could, mm -hmm. if that makes any mm -hmm. sense. But, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, is that is that a contract, by the way? I just brought brought a DGA. Is that is that like a contract you have ending soon? I don't remember the details of that. Um, I don't know if we've ever released oh. like the details at all. <laughs> Sorry. I might. This might be the last year, or I'm never leaving. No. Um, I don't think it's. I can. I didn't sign anything okay. that says I can't. I'm with them until through 2025. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, then so, good. No, You'll be perfect. Years. You'll be perfect by 2025. You're pretty close. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, talking a little bit on the backhand form, uh, like we have for most of the time now, what are some of the key things that you are trying to switch with it or trying to improve on? Um, I guess right now with Austin, we just, we've kind of, figured out all the things that I don't like or I want to change. And so each week it's just one thing and it can be as silly as just like maybe my first step isn't right. And we're just focusing on that first step, right? Like mm -hmm. getting, getting the hips a certain way by taking the first step this way or, um, you know, not overreaching or not curling or it's, it's just always one thing. Because I think what we tried to do or what I was trying to do is watch old video of where, like 2016, where I loved the way I threw, right? Like maybe not everyone's perfect throw, but I loved it and um, trusted it and felt really consistent and confident. And I felt like I was trying to change too much at once. And then I was on the tee pad and it's like that. Uh, <laughs> have you guys seen that golf swing meme? <laughs> or like real oh, yeah. where it's like you watch all these uh youtube videos about golf swing and then you get on the first tee it's like yeah, all the things you're supposed to do that's Keep my disc golf game when it's, I'm <laughs> it's it's serious and like even like i was just at junior worlds and like players you you work through all these things that you should do you try to learn them you try to learn them and then all of a sudden you forget three of them and you remember two of them and then it's like it Every time you're like, well, now I got to add that. And then you forget the other thing. So yeah, it's, it's obvious yeah. at the highest level as well as I guess people coming in the sport as well. Yeah. I guess you just like slowly make bad habits and you don't realize that how bad they are until you add mm -hmm. another bad habit, and another bad habit. And then you're right. like, I feel like I'm still able to get the disc where I want it to go. And on the angle I want, that's one thing I feel confident in is like 
my ability to hit the line and the angle, I just feel a little, yeah, just a little bit off. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I feel like we would be remiss not to ask about this press conference that maybe you and Sarah Hokum put together. I think I watched it, listened to it, um, was really interested in the voice of the group of FPO competitors who were there. And we heard the voice of many of them who were there. Um, can you just kind of give us a little bit on that? Um, you, I think you mentioned it's been a long time coming where you were able to share your voice like that. And maybe just tell us a little bit of that, about that before you leave. Yeah. Um, so in 2020, I think it was the like end of the season. Obviously, Austin made a tweet about it. And he just asked a question about, mm -hmm. you know, whether they should uh, play in the FPO division or not. And people were accusing him of hate speech and all this stuff. And he was told by Prodigy, a sponsor at the time, to take it down and apologize. And I remember as it was all going down, sitting in the parking lot, we were just about to practice. And I was in tears because I was like, all he did was ask a question. Mm -hmm. Like, how can I? So I'm not allowed to one like i'm just not even allowed to share my opinion or talk about this this is directly affecting me and just felt that i've been told for years to um well i'll be honest mm -hmm. part of it has been to not bring how do you explain it like <laughs> we there was obviously a bunch of women who have now come out and spoke either through signing a public court document or just being at the press conference. Um, we wanted to bring as little attention to the situation so that there wasn't any more division or hate in the mm -hmm. sport than there already was from the 2021 season. Um, for for the just the whole community, mm -hmm. both sides, and we wanted to be as respectful um, as possible. Um, and then, you know, I felt like the policy was a good start, the uh, new policy, the 2022 policy update. Mm -hmm. And then I was informed of the lawsuit at the beginning of the season and was informed that um, the Disc Golf Pro Tour um, was willing to uphold the policy, but that, um, I don't know, I don't think people realize how big of a distraction the lawsuits are to the Disc Golf Pro Tour and the PDGA from what they're already trying to accomplish to grow the sport. Um, that's a lot of time, energy, and money that goes into each one of those, um, you know, court cases. Yeah, is that is that a distraction to you? Because, I mean, it's happened out in California. It's happened in Minnesota. Is this a distraction to you and your performance? You, you mentioned... I think it was uh, peace, patience, or whatever you were saying uh, for your round this weekend. But like going into these events and yeah. you hear that, what does it do to you? Um, I mean, I think the press conference was very therapeutic for me. I have been passion, passionately and patiently and respectfully and quietly fighting this battle. Um, I've played sports since I was five years old, like basketball, where they bring out the little hoops under the big hoops and <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm very passionate about this and, you know, um, keeping female spaces protected, um, and fair and 
I just think finally being able to freely say how I felt. Um, I felt like I can't tell you how many pounds were lifted off mm. of my shoulders. Mm. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I slept good that night. I woke up calm, just relax. Like I, mm. to be honest, I didn't think about any of it the entire weekend because I think I've, I didn't have to just go play and not have my side or my feelings or my thoughts or my truth spoken, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, and I think what was so powerful was uh, just each woman's story, how, how much emotion mm. and passion and um, respect came from each person who spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to have the boyfriends, husbands and the FPO men standing behind us in support because something that is thrown around so much is if you're a man, you can't have Mm -hmm. a, or you can't have an opinion about that. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, because you know, everyone should be able to have an opinion. Um, and yeah, I think that was just a, I mean, you'd have to be there to see all the emotion, but Mm -hmm. it was really touch touching. And like I said, I think it was, um, I mean, Sarah's so well-spoken and prepared. (laughs) She she was awesome. And then, um, yeah, I feel like you could just feel the weight off of so many women's shoulders. Yeah, I think from my perspective, I didn't realize because it wasn't shared. To your point, it it was a few years of not really hearing forward speech by some of these FBO competitors, including yourself. Um, No, right. And like, yeah. Uh, just to to see everything going on and then have to sit and read comments mm-hmm. like, well, why should we fight? The FPO don't even say anything. Mm-hmm. Why don't they stand up and fight? And I'm thinking the number, the hours, the research I've done, the mm. plane tickets I've bought, the things I've done, you know, like I'm over here just like fighting tooth and nail, but having to be quiet. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was the emotion that I saw again, it was, it was that you spoke to that just a second ago. It was, this is deep for them. Now I did not hear anything in your message. that said, this isn't a deep issue for the other side either. I didn't hear any part of that, but it was, it was at this point in the game, it was interesting to hear at the very least. And I think important to hear the other side uh, speak up on this as well, as we've heard fair amount from both sides now included. Um, is it, this will be our last one? You said you you know you got things you're doing. We want to be respectful of that. Your la- last question. Oh, you're, you're, we're okay. good. If, okay. if you guys have time. No, no, we have time. You, so then you just oh, tell okay. us okay. we're done. Okay, we got three hours. No, no. Day, so. <laughs> no, you just tell us. You say we're done if we're yeah. done. Um, yeah. People have brought up um, protests of all different types, and one being a protest as in like a walkout or a drop out of the tournament in that form. Is that anything that would ever be profitable from your mindset? Um, I think it just depends on where the situation goes from here. I think the press conference was, so we actually did talk as a group about whether that was an option Mm. for this weekend. Um, but I could tell everybody was just kind of in the middle. And so I said, maybe we should just go get some dinner. And it was so hot. And the (laughs) Kona passed out and went to the emergency room. Yes. Wow. Um, yeah. So um anyways uh it just kind of we took a vote and everyone 
said, I feel like we made a really bold statement. So I say we just play our hearts out. And that's what we did. Wow. Yeah. And of course, a course record first round, Katrina. <laughs> yeah. The, the uh, Nice to have a clear mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, um, did we miss anything so, on that topic? Yeah. You uh, got more to say. I if you want to. Well, just I think moving forward, if we feel that's the measure we have to take, if we feel like we're not being heard or it's, it's really tough because it's become so political, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So judges are literally throwing out science and data and just denying, denying that and just choosing to make it based on yeah, their political beliefs, I guess. Instead of just what the data says or what's fair or what the policy is asking. And hmm. I think that's what's also for me personally really hard. Like uh, I've sat in one of the courtrooms and it was really tough. Really, really tough. Yeah. Are you allowed to speak at all about what that was like in the courtroom? Was it was it literally like finger pointing? <laughs> um, it just was the judge just just was like saying that the the data didn't um you know they presented data where males who were trans um i guess what would be the right word they were on the hrt right and so um it was 17 different studies i think and it was you know for instance in throwing men have a 60 percent advantage and when the HRT goes for three years, then it goes down four to five percent and then it plateaus. Right. So that was what the PDGA made the policy based on. Right. That mm-hmm. it was not an um, it doesn't decrease enough for it to um, reverse uh, male puberty. Right. The benefits of uh, male puberty. And the judge was just saying that, well, that doesn't tell me if a trans woman has a advantage or not. And the lawyer, the lawyers kept saying, well, this, this, this is the data. This is exactly what you're asking for. And he just, Hmm. just said, no, that's not showing me. And the PDGA, PDGA lawyer was pretty firm in saying like, that's exactly what the data is saying. That's what this individual has gone through. And that's what the data is saying. And he still just Hmm. threw it out and said that, um, you know, there was no, um, unfair advantage. I, I may be totally ignorant and that wouldn't be the first time to a judge was trying to decide if something was fair or not. Like I want, I usually thought judges would decide what's legal or not in the sense of like, is there a reason? Like, are we actually, so if he, I guess I'm stumbling. If the judge is like, Oh, it's unfair. Does the judge all of a sudden say, oh, you know what? It's not discriminatory because it's it's actually unfair. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just interesting to have a judge making that decision. Like, that's really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. And I think what's really hard is the, um, the TRO, right? Mm-hmm. So the emergency um, restraining order, because it's it's comes like out of nowhere and it's two days before the tournament. And so... Mm-hmm. It just disrupt. It yeah. just disrupts disrupts the whole event, you know. Um, the TDs, the volunteers, the staff, uh, 
the then the stories about this case instead of you know kale and the preserve and the i mean i think i think it was handled a little better this time some for some reason but um hmm. yeah especially when the policy was in place what it was announced in december mm -hmm. yeah so i felt like these cases should have been taken mm -hmm. care of a long time ago um so that's also it's also weird that the judge is not seeing that Mm -hmm. that the policy changed in December and still, um, mm. you know, allowing the TRO, even though this isn't technically an emergency because right. it's been, it's been, yeah. So that's been hard, but yeah. Um, yeah. It, wow. I think what for, for me, who's played for so long, like I said, and played sports for so long, it's um, a battle I never thought would ever happen. And I, I think I, I've never openly said this and I really wish this can be hard and I'm going to try not to cry. I really wish Natalie would see that um, if Natalie would spend the same energy in creating a, um, a division, um, a trans division, I think the disc golf community is extremely inclusive and would be extremely supportive because that would be very fair. And I think that, you know, um, yeah, like I said, I think that the support Natalie would get is the support that Natalie wants. And, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that, uh, all this energy could be placed from both sides on how to include these individuals in the fairest way. And there would be a lot less hate and a lot more support. Like I said, the. I think the support that Natalie's looking for. Yeah. We're actually funneling all the resources into one idea rather than the two separate ideas that we have right now between the PDGA and the pro tour and yeah. uh, Natalie's case going on right now. Yeah. Because I, uh, to my understanding, Natalie has or lawyers working pro bono. Mm -hmm. And like I said, that's not the case on the other side. And um, I can't imagine that this is, you know, we're not golf or tennis or these other sports that have been around for years and have endless amounts of fun funding. So, like I said, mm. I know it's stressing um, yeah. TDs and, you know, people. So, yeah. And you spoke yeah, about all the all the beliefs and stuff aside, right, from each mm -hmm. side. It's just mm -hmm. like I said, I think and I, I that's probably easier said than done. And I don't know, you know. I'm not trying to say I know what Natalie feels and stuff. I just have thought that perspective for a while. Yeah. I was just going to say like from the inclusivity side of the sport, it like, I think everyone's intentions are very inclusive. I I, I would think it, it, there's going to be the outliers. So we get that. I'm not talking about the outliers, Yeah. but it, we've had Natalie on, we've interviewed her. Um, she's pretty explicitly said like, no, I don't want a division for us. But to your point, that's not what you're trying to say. You're not trying to say, you know what she wants uh, at all. No, no. I just am saying like, if you step outside and think, well, if we found, mm -hmm. you know, that's what disc golf so good at, right? We have am divisions age protected. And then mm -hmm. in each, yeah, each of that, we have age and, and, you know, like, <laughs> Mm -hmm. You could be a, yeah. whatever, an intermediate yeah. this age and that and that. Yeah. And, um, and I think, 
as someone who's played all the sports that we are have to be one of the most inclusive sports, mm-hmm. maybe other than, yeah. Yeah. Who knows, but it, it's just, it is a, it's a tough subject, but I want to hear both sides of it and no, I'm and glad to hear yours. Yeah. And I, I think it's time that it's, I mean, it's, I think it's overdue. I think it would have been better to just sit down and have these conversations two years ago, but mm-hmm. that's, you um, know, we got a I, I have, intern Ben texted me and he said, "Hey, a great, well, great, great question. Have you had the chance to talk to Natalie, or is that something you're just kind of saying wouldn't be beneficial?" Um, no, it seems that from I don't know. I think about that a lot, and I don't know. Hmm. I would be open, but I think I would be open in a private situation. I think it would be yeah. Like like just having coffee with Natalie or something. Like, yeah, it it wouldn't be on the podcast tour life or or Nick and Matt show. Yeah, <laughs> because I would want Natalie to know how genuine yes, I am in absolutely my fight and wow. I don't think people know either because I'm so me on the course <laughs> that uh I have like a very big heart and I'm yeah. I'm a, I'm really a softie. Don't tell my competitors. <laughs> <laughs> Katrina, I'm going to be honest and straightforward. There was a round I was filming at LVC. It was not a good round. And I know you felt that. And at the end of yeah. it, it was just like, where'd Katrina go? Like just gone. You're like, I'm not talking like no friendly chat, nothing. And to that point, I was like, huh? Like, I don't know Katrina that well. And over the yeah. years, I will, you don't need me to vouch for you. You are a yeah. different person than comes across on coverage sometimes. And we yeah. love you. Well, hey, I'm a competitor on the course, <laughs> right? Yes. I'm there for me. And then off the course, I'm there for whoever needs me. Exactly. No, Look, true. I, I'll always well defend said. Katrina in this. We got to hang out last year for our birthdays at the Chicago, in Chicago for the White Sox game. Absolute blast. Went out to dinner, breakfast, brunch, all those things. Big group of us. And just an absolute blast to be around. <laughs> Yeah, she she made sure we were celebrating her birthday though, and then mine. It was always Katrina first. No. She said, "This is my day. We're going out to the you know the bougie stores." Nick, I don't know if you can afford these, but yeah. <laughs> one of the stores, I forget which one we were in. Um, oh gosh, it was when we were with uh, Mike and Bob. We were in Chicago. It was the first store that we went to. The the shoe store. Was it the shoe store? Yes. Um, I thought it was the one where you got the bag. You got a really nice bag. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the brand of it. Anyways, we walk into the store and they brought us champagne. And I was like, I like this place. (laughs) This is sweet. (laughs) We're just getting champagne for hanging out in there. Yes. So again, you don't need us to do this. You have a very large platform. You shared in that press conference. Is that what you guys are calling it? Your own press? What was it called? Anything? Just press conference. Okay. Yeah. Press conference. I mean, as someone who's interested in what's happening in the sport, I was listening really eagerly to hear how it was communicated and what you communicated in in each individual. And from my perspective, I was very not impressed as in like, I didn't think you guys would do it that way, but I thought it was very balanced with saying your truth, as you put it. And as some may be able to argue there's hate in there, I didn't hear any. So I think it was really well done. And so kudos. And I'm glad you guys did that. Well, I think... I think the hate comes from not from the, I don't know. I don't know what the right word to call those people, but 
I mean, I think we have to remember that this is a discussion about um, individuals who are born a male playing in the female division. And that's not hateful. That's just actually facts. And that's the kind of speech we have to use when determining these policies, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's, I'm not um, trying to attack anyone. I'm just using that to explain what we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there would be no discussion, correct? Yeah. So, like we said, we're not trying to tell anybody they can't live their own way. We're just simply talking about, you know, the benefits of an uh, individual was born male and went through male puberty. So we're not at all trying to be hateful towards anybody. Yeah. We're just we're just trying to, um, you know, You're talk about this. We're just trying to talk about why this is a you know a topic and yeah. yeah. Yeah, and if we, if you're not sharing your voice, as we understand why you didn't to this point, but if you're not, then we don't hear that side, and I think it is very important and valuable that you did. Um, so it I would mean, be like me getting upset that someone calls me a cis woman, right? Mm -hmm. like, if that's what they want to say, that's they can say that. That's not hateful. Mm -hmm. That's just how they prefer to talk. The difference between a a woman and a trans woman, right? That's mm -hmm. how they like to deal you know, determine the two. Mm -hmm. And I think if they have the right to do that, then we should be able to use our preferred speech to, um, you know, determine the two. Maybe in wrapping up this, this topic, I loved how you finished out the um, press conference saying, instead of going out from here and trying to attack or defend or fight the other side, the other opinions, go out and support the women who are competing that you're fans of. I don't know if you use those words, but that's how I heard it. And I thought that was tremendous. Um, and um, I think that's, that really is where your message is coming from. No, that's, that's something I think I've, I don't know. You could probably find a comment like that, um, on mm -hmm. my Instagram or Facebook, probably like, mm -hmm. I don't know, seven yeah. to eight years ago. I think I had a person who was just harassing me. I had like, for some weird reason, someone in the community and they just kept like, I would just change my profile picture and they would write something hateful. And mm. I finally just said, I just said that I said, I know you're a supporter of this person. And so you don't like me, but I'm just wondering why put so much energy into like hating and attacking me when you could spend all that energy supporting and uplifting and celebrating your friend. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I don't know, I guess that's how I try to live my life is like, if I don't like you I and I we can't see eye to eye, I try to just leave you alone and spend my energy on the people I love and care about instead of going out of my way to hurt, make someone have a bad day or, do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like to, to tear them down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that comes from a probably an unhappy person, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but Matt, do you have anything else on the subject? No, not on that. So, I mean, we, All right. we could talk forever, before, but we, before we, we let you go, <laughs> Katrina, cause I know, like we said, your time is valuable. Um, yeah. let's kind of end it on a happier note. Two weeks okay. in Europe coming up, excited for yes. the European swing. Yes. Very but, excited. Are you packed? Are you headed uh, out? <laughs> so we fly out Saturday, mm -hmm. um, and we, uh, go to Norway first. We're playing, is it peace? 
PCS, right? Mm-hmm. PCS. Sula mm-hmm. Open, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I originally booked, for some reason, I imagined um, that it would be a little bit closer to the tournament. And so I just booked us into Oslo, which there's a closer airport. But instead of like adding a flight, I rented us a car and it's five and a half hours to the tournament. Um, and mm. like two and a half, two and 45, we're stopping at this amazing like cabin that's like old school Norwegian that's been updated and it's got a view. It's on the side of the hill and we'll get to drive five hours and see the country. And nice. I'm really excited about that. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, I don't know. I love Finland. I'm excited to see my Finnish friends and mm-hmm. play on the President's Cup team. And, uh, yeah, me and Missy Gannon, we always have a good time Heck playing yeah. together. So I think we have, we're we both competitive in the same way. So I think we're going to be mm-hmm. good teammates. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm re- like, because we'll talk a little smack to each other. I don't think anybody's yes. probably caught on to that. But sometimes, like, nice. Missy will throw a pot or do something and I'll kind of look at her and like make a little snark or not like really to, <laughs> but like she's already kind of thinking it and like comes over and we're just kind of, so I think we're going to have a really good time together. And uh, Very fun. yeah. And then <laughs> I've been taking Finnish lessons since January. Nice. So I'm excited to see. Yeah. If you were you to say like, about, hi, hi Matt, how are you doing? Hi Matt, how are you doing? Like, how do you say that in Finnish? You know? Moi Matt Mitakulu. Okay. Well, nice. yeah. there's for our Finnish but listeners. They can they can grade that, but that sounds great to me. <laughs> well, I'll say, I could say, I, do you think any Finnish people are awake? It's um, sometime, I, sometimes we have someone chat in the yeah. chat that will say, hey, coming from Finland. But Actually, from oh, Norway. Okay. We used to have a guy from Norway always comment and uh, hang out okay. on the show for a little while with us. So I had a dream that I was in Norway and I was stressed because I don't even know how to say hi in Norwegian. <laughs> and I'm big on culture and like being respectful mm-hmm. and like yeah. trying. Try like, uh, it's why I think I started learning Finnish because I, I think this will be my 10th or 11th trip to Finland. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. You. Yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, last thing from me is you've been dropping some incredible merch throughout the year. It's been awesome oh. to see. Um, yeah. Where can people that want to support you support you? How can they get this awesome merch? Okay. It's uh, KatrinaAllen.com, www.KatrinaAllen.com. Um, someone kind of made fun of me, but we dropped some men's hoodies. Um, I wear a small that's pretty, it's, it's oversized, but I, sometimes the extra small in women's doesn't fit me. So that's not saying much, um, but <laughs> Um, I stopped growing in the sixth grade, but, um, what else? We just dropped some steady ice peels, which I was extremely excited about. You could see Austin, Austin and Cole throwing those all over. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to be the one I'd like to take credit for discovering how amazing the ice peel is. So yeah, no, it's, um, that's awesome for been playing for so long and seeing other people have that and then finally have that's really awesome. Definitely. Very yeah. cool. Uh, so we had someone. Yeah. yeah. Someone in the chat said Swedish guy here. Hand wave. So we got someone from Sweden tonight. Uh, Tobit Johansson. Okay. <laughs> Who is it? Tobit Johansson. Uh, Tobit Johansson. I don't know how to say it. Uh, <laughs> Tobit Johansson. Oh, I, I, 
Oh, I thought it was okay. Could be a friend. I know how to say. I think I know how to say hi. How are you in Swedish? Try it, and he'll rate you. Okay, okay. It's. I think they just say hey, hey, and okay. then it's humidor or something like that. Humidor. Okay. Well, we'll see. Let's if we see if he. Let's see if he gets yeah, let's, back. I want to see the response. Wake up! I say, Toby, wake, wake back up. Wake up! It's, he's going to be about a five to ten second <laughs> delay here. Um, I looked yeah, up we, Norwegian we, for hello, and it's like hello. Hello. <laughs> Oh, we yeah. uh we tried to get Paul on the show, but I think it was a little bit too late. And I was like, "Look, it's like you're staying up to watch a title fight in the UFC. You you stay up till one or two a.m. No, all the time." And no kidding. Yeah, oh, but yeah, he, uh, he said no. It is the middle night. Okay. <laughs> Tobe, yeah. goes, "Ha ha, comma," and then he rates it <laughs> four out of ten. <laughs> okay. I don't know what four out of ten is, but it's really bad. But tell so, it's because I I actually tried to learn Swedish first. Because there was like um, Henrik and there was a group of Swedish guys who would stay uh-huh. like when I was with mm-hmm. Yuli and, and whatever, our group. And we'd all share Airbnbs and like German stuff. Mm-hmm. But I found it to be extremely hard and thought Finnish was easier. And okay. everybody's like, what Finnish is way To be clear, I would have rated you probably nine and a half out of ten. Only because you <laughs> had some confusion about what you were saying. But he said... H E J equals hello. Is that hej? Did you say hej or he? Hej? H E J. Oh. Hello. Okay. And then he said her mardu. Mardu. Yes. Oh. Equals how are you? So there you go. Okay. You were close. Yeah. Uh, closer than we would have ever been. We, again, nine and a half out of 10. I think four out of 10 is really okay. great, actually. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, thanks for listening out there in Sweden. Um, so we talked about a fair amount, and we always love having you on, and I appreciate so much the fact that you take the time to do this. Um, you got a lot to get ready for. We'll be following your journey out there. Congratulations again on the win. It was tremendous as a fan to watch it all unfold, um, and we appreciate um, the fact that you're sharing your voice on you know what you know your truth, as you put it. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me and and yeah, can I I want to say that again. Like so, I think it I think it is 100% a topic that needs to be openly discussed and I think like I said is um you know, you can disagree but let's not spend so much time just completely tearing someone down cuz they used a word you don't exactly like or they don't you know, allow people to um, as long as they're not just being hateful, allow people to have this conversation. We're not going to figure it out if we just scream at each other and get mad, you know, nitpick each other to the point of not even having the actual conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so, um, and yeah, anyways, I really appreciate you guys having me and allowing me to talk about that because no, we yeah. appreciate you coming on and being open about everything. It's uh, been a crazy year of disc golf in the year <laughs> yeah. of 2023. So to be able to hear both sides of it and have an understanding from both sides is uh, it's great to see people being outspoken about it. I'll say that. Yeah, Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think we had to sit back and, and watch others be openly mm-hmm. about it for years. And I think it's should be okay if we want to share our feelings and thoughts on the situation. Mm-hmm. Nope, yeah, right. we're not the deciders <laughs> yeah. of that, but I do appreciate it as the individual. <laughs> I do appreciate it. So. No, and I appreciate you having both sides because what has been frustrating is to see certain podcasts or media allow one side to speak and then share their opinions on it and then never allow the other side to come on and 
share their feelings. So I, I appreciate you allowing Natalie to speak as well as me. I really do. Yeah. We, we have this sentiment and we don't always accomplish it, but we want to have discussions about things that we don't even agree with because how boring would the show be if we only talked about things that we agreed with? So (laughs) it's for real. It's it's true. Um, so we're glad to have you on as always incredible, um, conversations. I think some of the best conversations we have when you're on the show. So we do appreciate it very much. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, you guys have a good night. Have fun. You too. And, you as well. Safe travels uh, and best of luck at the next couple of tournaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye. See you guys. Bye bye. Good treat. Matt, I gotta return Alan. on this lamp. Hold on. Return on the lamp. Here's Evan. Here's Evan. I know Evan. There was a few <laughs> yeah, hey, times. Evan, thank you for joining the show. Evan, there was welcome. A, How are you? There was a yeah, few thanks. times. Happy to be on. Evan. Evan, you t- Evan, Evan tweeted at me because what did I say? Oh, I, I guess, yeah, we actually oh. have some time to talk about it right now. And I said on Twitter, I was like, hey, hot, wait, actually, you know what? Let me hold on. I was going to ask you, Evan, during the interview multiple times, like, hey, you got some cool stats to talk about here or a question. <laughs> and it just kept, okay. I, I think you understand that conversation was really like, it, it was interesting at the very least to hear what she had to say. So I, we just kept it going. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll kind of segue into a small subject, but I had tweeted on Twitter. If you don't follow me, it's at Nick Carl 24. Check it out. I'm like well, seven followers away from 2000. So people may not have seen it if they hit their limit of like four tweets a day or whatever. Yeah, I know that was actually kind of annoying. I experienced that right when it first came out and I was like, I can't say anything, but you know, what? I wasn't mad at the same because you can still see your own notifications. So I was happy about that. That's a but thing. But I couldn't see anything else. It, yeah, it Four just got implemented. There. It's like okay. certain, you what? have a rate limit. So you can see like 800 for unverified people. It's like 800 tweets a day or something like that. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and this is like, I, 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 I try not to be a big hater all the time. This <laughs> might be one of the dumbest social media moves I've seen in my life. And it's funny. They they obviously spun it that way. That's yeah. not their intention. They're, they're trying to stop multiple things. But yeah. Uh, it seems pretty clearly that they uh, aren't paying the bills for server yep. cost and they're trying to lower server <laughs> costs, uh, total amount of servers up and <sighs> social media. It's about keeping users on your site, not keeping social media users off your okay. site. So I agree. we'll see how it goes, but Nick, Any, your tweet. anywho. Yeah. So I had tweeted a, what I thought at the time was a hot take. It ended up being a cold take slash maybe a lukewarm take at best. <laughs> it was hot. And was I had hot. said that the, uh, Disc Golf Network Studio in Europe looked a thousand times better than the one here in the USA. And we've talked about this in our group chat before. And I just, I like the, I know it's a lot of green screens. Don't get me wrong. I'm not numb to seeing the kind of technical side behind it. But at the same time, the commentators are wearing nice sports jackets. They're wearing button up shirts. They look classy. It sounded good. People complain that, you know, it's broken English or the commentators aren't that great. And no matter what, everyone's going to complain about something. Uh, I mean, we talk about the commentators here in America and we, you know, some people say that they're not that great. And I have my fair share of opinions on that, but uh, I had said that. And so Evan had tweeted at me and it was like, I, I think he said, like, I completely disagree with you. Can I come on the show Monday to talk about it? And I was like, nope, not taking any questions at this time. So, but anyways, so, Evan, Evan did make it back onto the show. Yeah. It's yeah somehow it, it's, um, there's a lot of positives from that production over there. There's other things that we 
we would yeah anyways we can well, talk am about i allowed it. to give my opinion yeah, on it now opinion. no no we're going to talk about story. the courses next now you, no. you've reached your rate limit of the night of words, oh man all right. all right well i'm gonna talk anyways I, I i did say i do fully agree with the suit jacket i do think they look very nice not that i'm a, a hater of uh terry wearing his nice button up i think he looks fantastic and the polos are also good uh but the sport jackets were a nice touch and it, they look classy and they they really made it work uh it and I do think those commentators have done a fantastic job. I believe English is their second language or, mm-hmm. or third or fourth or however many of those Norwegian or Swedish. Where are they, Finland? Sweden? I think Sweden. I don't know where they're they're located out of. Uh, but English is not their first language, and they're doing a fantastic job. So all the props there. I I don't think it's bad, it, it, but I do think that the uh, booth in the USA looks better, the one that they have in Bend. Um, they do a fantastic job. Nick, you all said in your replies, you loved when they were like at DDO, we interviewed Nate and Val when they were in that studio at, Mm -hmm. at Emporia country club. Fantastic. That looked awesome. And USDGC even better. Uh, maybe not even better, but same level. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I do think they're going a little too futuristic over in Europe. (laughs) It still looks good. I would like them to tone it back a little bit. Um, and not to say they can't use green screen. Of course, if you watch any, espn show uh they're on a green screen you see yeah. or tnt you see the uh inside nba is that what it's called with Shaq and, mm-hmm. and charles barkley and the whole crew uh they make it look like it's a super fancy wood uh studio with like a window in the background overlooking a city or something that's all green screen yeah. so uh, i i would maybe prefer something a little bit more along that line where it looks a little bit more real with the green screen uh it, it feels a little too much like it's 2005 and we're trying to pretend it's 2040 um for me <laughs> does that make sense it, it, uh, yeah you know, yeah to, it's to, not a yeah, huge knock point. i understand it, what you're saying yeah it, it still looks good yeah. i think it does a good job it's not my it's not yeah. my preference over the u.s booth I, i'm I in a similar place i'm in a similar yeah. sentiment I, I think there's stuff to be learned and i'll just say on the commentary part of it i watched like i've been watching some of it i love it um and then when like paul just won recently and his putt uh, apparently was supposed to be a layup and it, it went in. It but was like a 950 com- rated layup, 1050 rated putt. That's, but the commentary, exactly the guys were like, oh, like he's showing off now. Like, no, yeah. just like weird stuff, like a statement. And it's like the accents. Yeah. It makes it really fun. Like, I couldn't help but smile. Right. So, like, there's a lot of positives from there. And I wanted to throw this over to intern Ben, put him on the What's spot. Up? What do you think about it? What I think about the studio? Just yeah, just generally, just like general. from your perspective. The man suit, of green screens. So you have to speak. T- yeah, he has the green screen. That's so funny. I You're haven't right. seen the European studio. So really, ben. we sent a picture okay. of it, Ben. Oh, you can see more disc golf than all of us. So remember, ben, ben, I'll, I'll find it. Remember, Let me. I'll send you the picture. No, um, remember Tournament Central when it started, Ben? Yes. Okay, that was way subpar compared to what they're doing, <laughs> but like it's in a very similar vein, like a studio set up like two people sitting there anyways yeah I, you gotta send me that picture i don't think he sent in the, okay. but yeah i just haven't seen it um, okay well you i've been watching usa disc golf <laughs> okay. i'll, t- I'll t- tell you this and i'll kind of i'll kind of end it with the studio talk of it and i i think what would be really really cool to see and i'm not really sure how it would work if you can actually do it like this but like the tv behind matt right now let's say it was centered <laughs> behind him it was a little bit further back screen you can see the quick. whole thing but putting like a slow mo montage of you know highlights from the round, like Hold every on, every I'll single round, the Pro you. Tour does highlights afterwards. 
putting like a slow-mo montage as the commentators are talking. So you have something to kind of watch and listen to at the same time. And then they go back to the actual coverage. I don't know. Maybe it's during a downtime. Maybe it's during, you know, the pre, uh, pre-show or the post part of the show, whatever. But I, I think they could definitely improve on it. But I definitely like it a lot more than the USA one. And watching the Swedish Open, this right? Was the Swedish Open? Yeah, that was this past weekend. Yeah. Watching that... And I, I I just want to tell everyone right now, Kale is one of my top three favorite people in all of disc golf. I've always been a huge fan of Kale, and I love what he's doing for the sport. I don't necessarily love the preserve as a course on the pro tour level. I think they could tighten it up a little bit. And I know this is always the conversation of, do we add more artificial OB and yada, yada, yada. I think, yeah, exactly, Matt. That is perfect. So we can and talk about highlights from the preserve. now. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, anyway, so talking, uh, maybe tightening up the preserve a little bit, but no, when it comes to what Kale is doing in the Minnesota disc golf scene is nothing short of incredible in opening up this property with multiple different layouts on it so that people can go, go enjoy it and play it. But watching it from a pro tour standard and just as an avid disc golf viewer, it's not my favorite to watch. It's not my type of disc golf that I'm in love with. And there are people who are going to say it's their favorite type of disc golf that they're in love with. But what the pros actually did out there is nothing short of incredible. Ricky going out with no pars the first round, 14 birdies and an eagle with two bogeys. And then Katrina just making what seemed like every single circle two putt. It was great disc golf to watch what the players were doing. But watching the Swedish Open and how that course was just set up and every single shot just seemed like it could be a two short swing very easily and the greens and the drives and they had bad weather for i think two out of three of the days it was just such a fun battle to watch between paul and nicholas especially towards the end of it and then watching paul's failed attempt at a layup i was actually i didn't know it was a failed attempt at a layup i just heard that oh paul Macbeth makes a putt for birdie <laughs> so i texted hannah and i was like did he just birdie the final hole even though he could have just laid it up like it looked like it was a pretty sloped green. What if he hits the front of the rim, rolls away, and she's like, yeah, I don't really know why he went for that. And then come to find out that he was laying it up. Because I saw a, the video where he's just like, a headwind oh, okay. or a side wind yeah. or something pushed it in. Yeah, just lifted it up. But anyways, I really, really, really enjoyed, and I've been enjoying watching the European coverage this year. I just think the courses are so fun to watch. And I think we're at a weird point right now where we've had, you know, DDO and the Preserve to where you have two more open style courses. And for some people, it's just not their cup of tea. But the crowd that was at the preserve, and this is actually another thing that came up was the prices for food and drinks and everything like that were actually kind of ballpark. I don't know if you guys saw the picture that yeah. was going around where like a burger it was and a like drink was 16 or 19 bucks prices. or something like that. And I mean, shoot, I, I went to Chipotle earlier today. I got a half steak, half chicken burrito, and it was $18 mm -hmm. with a large drink with it. And so, I mean, it is what it is. Food prices are what they are right now. And you know, but at the same time, the crowd that went out to the preserve watching the FPO and the MPO just seemed awesome. It, it just seems like a very, very fun place to go. A lot of the pros love going there. There's great camping. There's just great hangout and everything like that. So right on the Mississippi. Exactly. There's so many things to do from what the pros were saying. I know, like we've said it before, and I'll kind of end it with this. The course isn't exactly what we may want to see. And especially with the European coverage going on, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, the USA needs to incorporate more courses like this. I think once more courses are available to be able to do that, I mean, look at Maple Hill. It's a private course. It's built the way that it is built because people, disc golfers own that course and have a general idea of doing it. And it's also the land that they have. That's the the toughest part right now is getting that specific land. Mm -hmm. So 
I, I got to jump in and I, uh, preserves one of my favorite courses of this year. There's a lot of slander this year, which I <laughs> don't think was fair. Not just you, Nick, but a, a lot of everywhere. Uh, first thing I want to say, scoring separation stuff, th- that's utter BS. There, there was plenty of scoring separation. I understand the frustrations. It's hard to be a touring player, uh, and it's hard to uh, it, it's hard to feel like two shots, one good, one bad, can not matter when you have a good second shot, but that's what this course is. And that this is the event of the year where that's the play. And there's not a lot of uh, artificial OB. There's some, you know, water OB that comes into play. There's a lot of open space and it's a thrower's course. That's what we see. And it's one event of a year. We saw Ricky Wysocki win by five strokes. I think if somebody wins by five strokes, throw scoring separation as any kind of excuse out the window. I don't care if there's a 10 way tie for 20th, the winner won by five strokes. There is no, there is no debate and a discussion, but I, I do think it's like, if people have thoughts on the courses in general, and it's not as fun as watch, that's fair. I do disagree. I think my one, my one knock is, and it's a really, really tough ask is there's just a lot of dead golf grass on there. Gol- mm-hmm. Golf grass, especially on greens, very hard to keep alive when it's not getting watered uh, very, very often, not getting fertilizer, all the landscaping crew. I understand that it's very, very hard. I've also heard that Minnesota has been experiencing a drought and I understand that the fairways were a little uh, dry looking, but like hole one, I thought was the grass in the fairway was fantastic. The long grass was, yeah, it was a little brown, but I thought it was very fantastic to make it more of a rough, but still playable. But I do think that there's enough spots in the rest of the course where you just saw dead grass, not, not dormant grass. And that's my point here. So I, it's expensive. It's tough. I know there's a lot of other expenses and taxes and all this stuff for this land. So I'm not, it's not a knock at kale, but I would love it to be an effort of improvement in the future. It's just putting a little bit more into the landscaping, a little bit more mulch. They did have mulch around the baskets. I want a little bit more, even all of bullseye on every hole. And my last ask is just, a little bit more new vegetation. Obviously it's open. I would just love a couple of newly planted trees or bushes, Some things corn. like that. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, Ben, but uh, I think you can make it look a lot better. But, but... <laughs> corn, I'm thinking like, I don't know, some parsley up in there. All right. Hey, real talk, Field the Dreams course would be sick. Like if we're oh. being honest. Uh, like, uh, they have in the, uh, I mean, baseball. obviously the movie field, the dreams, but in baseball, <laughs> they have in baseball, they have the, uh, the field out in Iowa. Now that's, uh, the field, yeah. the dreams field. And they've, they, I don't know if they played it this year, but they it looked it like Am Worlds had a, back. no, 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 not Am Worlds. Sorry. It was, um, Paul Kranz was playing at a, at a course at corn lining it. I don't know. I don't know. Why we, we did that at junior and Am Worlds as well. Yeah. So, okay. Nice. Um, I have a topic but, to bring up, but go ahead, finish I, it. Up. I, I do want to end it on the European have, courses have, have been fantastic. Well. Okay, quick. So Nick, I agree with all the points there. Thanks. Uh, so, and shout out to the Euro crowd. I know they had over a thousand people on Sunday, especially in the piss poor conditions that they were experiencing during parts of that round. Uh, shout out to if any of you guys listened to the show. Shout out to you guys. That it was just so so fun to watch. I very much enjoyed it, Matt. Okay. Those are all good conversations and talking points. There's one I want to bring up and it's really important. Green screen talk, right? No, I'm kidding. But here is some Jones soda, right? Green. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Let's go over to intern Ben. Hold that. What? Now go now oh. go full screen on you. I want to see if it changes anything. Like is our gr- Whoa. <laughs> you can drink the background. Look at that. 
That oh, there you go, right in front of your face. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, but in all seriousness, that was just a quick little transition. That's actually really cool. All right, I, 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 I did see the European one now. Nick sent it over, and I I think my my opinion now is that I think USA. I mean, they're they're both fine. I think I think USA edges them out just because. Let's go. I don't know. Soft. Okay. They're in person. So He's an Evan fan. <laughs> it just Let's looks go. better in person. I don't know. All right. That's so that awesome. was the transition. We do we do an okay green screen, Ben. I think we do. It, okay. It's it's borderline. It's, okay. it's Let's borderline. See. We're still using webcams. <laughs> okay, you're showing off screen. <laughs> okay, it's confusing. Okay, but here's what I wanted to say. Steve Dodge, tournament director, found, uh, tournament director of the MVP Open, um, founder of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Always stirring things up, getting creative. Last year announced million dollar throw off. A one million, that's life changing. I mean, for anybody, uh, let alone a disc golfer trying to make it on tour. Million dollar throw off last year. He announced the FPO side on our show. Uh, that was really cool. Um, he just posted today, million dollar shot canceled. Because we were talking about it was going to be around again this year. Canceled. And the short summary is the insurance company who is going to be backing this uh was not able to come to the right terms or agreements in a timely manner uh they decided to take so so steve dodge and crew i think it's east coast metal roofing is the sponsor of that yep um decided to take twenty thousand dollars now that would be a massive payout for any event but they're taking twenty thousand dollars and they're looking for your ideas on what to do with the twenty thousand dollars at the mvp open now, you could say, hey, let's just do another ace throw off for $20,000, the same exact thing. You could say, I have another idea. Uh, some of my ideas, um, could we do like Nickelodeon style competition where like slime's getting dumped and like if you make it through the end oh of the God. round and like you're under par, like you win 20 grand or something, right? Or um, a talent show, just straight up talent show, the fans vote, like they have to get up in front and do something. That'd be funny. Right? That's a good idea. And then like fans vote, like live voting. And like, if you have the best talent show, like you win for a second, third, $20,000. I just came up with these Steve, Steve Dodge. Like if you're listening, man, these are some of my ideas. And then how about okay, but his, his constraints where it has to be on hole one. Correct? Sure. Yeah, that's fine. We'll okay. do it on the T-pad of hole one, the talent show. <laughs> okay. um, any Anywhere that you could see from hole one. So they can do something in the pond. Maybe it's like, you know, like, what is that? Aquatic dancing or, or synchronized, synchronized swimming. swimming. Thank you. I said, aquatic. Wow. <laughs> aquatic dancing and synchronized swimming. There you go. Okay. And then one others. Maybe like a race around the property, like hole one's area. Like just go full out race, not to the death, but race for the 20K. And then, I hope not to the death. Yeah. People are just falling over because it's a full out sprint. Um, and then finally, anybody that watched Squid Games, I know it's a pretty crazy TV show, but if you watched it, maybe we go full out like to the death, like twenty thousand dollars. No, it's too like much. We're gonna shoot people if they move. <laughs> no. Like you we'll, we'll said come, it to the death. Yeah, we'll come up with something else. Like you're right, out. I've got, I've got, Instead of dying, so, you're out. And then yeah. like you don't win the 20k. But we have a big ball of cash hanging up over like everybody that falls when you win it. So okay. is it intended to be something kind of funny or legitimate at Anything. the same time? Legit, okay. straight up, whatever you want to do. I've heard yeah, of a boxing yes. match with the so course I manager. Take, <laughs> I would take the top four pros for the MPO and the FPO yep. and pair them up in doubles. So the first place in MPO gets the fourth place in MPO, two to three, okay, doubles three to match two, for 20 four to one. 
and a twenty thousand dollar doubles match. Now it doesn't have to be winner take all twenty k. It can be ten five okay. two or three two one whatever. Or do that same thing. Let's let's divvy up the money. You got ten grand for MPO, ten grand for FPO. You play two holes. You play one gold tee pad to eleven gold basket. Yep, done that. Twelve gold <laughs> tee pad to eighteens basket, and whoever wins it gets a fat amount of money. Two the, hole match. The, so it had to be entertaining. That's, this that's is the, the problem. Exactly, that would be entertaining. Well, so okay. we watched. I think, guys, the, I think the doubles would actually be very entertaining. But the hundred thousand dollar match at Eagles Crossing, and I'm not going to lie. I thought it would be more exciting to watch and it's not because these players are professional and they're just so serious. Like mm-hmm. it's like, okay, they won cool. a lot of money, but it wasn't more exciting for us to yeah. watch. So I don't know how to make it exciting. Like the million dollar shot last year was exciting because all the pros are just, they're laughing up on stage and they're trying to gun a shot down, Yeah, which it was sick. I was watching in a person last year down by the basket. It was really, really fun to watch. What if we just have, I just thought of an idea off of T pad one, you pick the, whoever it is, it could be accu distance. However, Steve did it last year. And you each have to throw and you have to get it over 400 feet. And this would be a Ben Kenny YouTube video I just thought of. So we can try it out. First person to not throw a disc over 400 feet is out. And you just keep going until you can't throw over 400 feet. These players can throw easily over 400, but how many would they have to throw? Yeah. So not that, not that any of your ideas are bad. They're bad. Um, but I do think they're bad. Yes. Yeah. So okay. one, I I think it's going to be disc golf related. Evan's I really have the right do. Idea. Um, yeah, I hope so. Let's um, have a stat trivia show for twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, nope, already did one for four oh, grand. Was it was a ton of fun. It was uh, five times as much would be cool though. Uh, to no, charity. Oh, if it was though. for charity, then yeah, obviously that'd be really. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. saying just okay. like to your pocket yeah anyways uh that, that would be cool too i wouldn't complain um but yeah so it has to be disc golf related so i it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a distance competition it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a, a actual round or doubles round but it could be uh but definitely disc golf related but as his facebook post said it has to be i don't know where you're laughing i don't know why i'm at laughing it has to be i'm thinking uh, of things it, it's meant to be a stationary activity, I believe, for the fans. Yeah. So yes. they're going to be up on the whole one bleachers or around that tee pad yeah. or down by the base of whatever yes. it is. Because it's going to be everyone watching it. It's going to be filmed. It might be on DGN, I think. Um, so you, you, as cool as a 20K doubles match would be, I love that, Nick. It's not going to be that because that would have spectators whining through all of it. It would be sense. sick, though. Would be sick. Okay. So what I think Go it's going to be, I think there's two. Two options, two two kind of deals. Um, one is being like an ace race or uh, distance type thing. I thought but my idea, which actually came in the chat, uh, but I did think of it beforehand, so we're, we're the sure. same in this. So I'm not stealing your idea. Is some sort of floating basket on the pond. Now, that one is tough because you might lose discs, but they you do have divers. You will lose discs, yes. <laughs> uh, but they do have divers. So I am going out on a limb there. That's fair. But it also, there is the basket right behind. They're, they put up that temporary basket i could see just something like that maybe a more attainable ace for 20k and it's the first one to do it gets it my second idea which hey ben let me know if this is familiar a putting competition um right in front of hole one and you have you know your eight pros four and four mpo and fpo or however the numbers are and they do 15 foot putts or last 20 foot miss. putts i don't know like what, last YouTube one to miss exactly. and after every like 10 reps for everyone you'd you'd push it back and back and back because i mean gannon burr what he puts 620 foot putts a night and he probably goes yep. 599 for 600 so it, it maybe move it back and back after every so many reps until they're just banging 40 footers without missing and it's 
epic. Like imagine that it's down to two yeah. people, just 40 footer, 40 footer, 40 footer, 40 footer. That would be so yeah. sick. Go check out my Man, YouTube channel that for video was one of your best ones. videos. And those putters, those, I mean, no offense to anyone in it, but you weren't top notch disc golfers. You fun. guys are all, yeah. yeah, like local MPO at best. Um, no, so seeing all, that with the top pros. MPO. Yeah. Okay, got- fair enough. I've got one. If you guys remember USDGC where they do the distance comp over the lake and Jeremy Colling hit it one year when they had oh, the yeah. basket set up in the mm-hmm. breast cancer awareness yeah, yeah. logo. Mm-hmm. I think something like that. I actually really like the floating dock idea. Put a couple baskets out in the water and just let them kind of roam around. I think there's a way you could probably have a couple people holding up a net, the water, and then like pulling the net back so people don't lose this. Or <laughs> like at USDGC, um, they provided them with pro destroyers or mm. pro bosses, whatever it was. But I think if you set up a couple baskets and a logo a little bit shorter of where the basket was last year for the million dollar shot, I think that could be really cool. It's a lot less money that they're going for, so more chances to potentially hit it. And that just makes it more fun as someone actually hitting it. Because if you watch old school McFly So High videos, um, it, the intro is Jeremy Colling hitting that shot and everyone just goes absolutely insane over it. So bring your ideas to Steve Dodge on Facebook. I don't know if he has any other outlets right now on social media, but that's one where it's really getting carried away. Like we said, boxing matches (laughs) and everything else. So those are good ideas. The one I was laughing at, because some of you were probably curious, I I was just sitting here thinking, we've talked about how many times on this show, lotioning your hands and trying to throw. And I was just like, no, for 20K, for 20K, you have to (laughs) lotion, lotion your hands and you have to get it over like 500. In fact, we have one of the farthest throwing players in the world. I'd say top 20. In the show, Intern Ben. Yeah, Intern Ben in the virtual green room. Um, Seems like the internet is strong enough. Let's see how it goes when we bring him in here. Um, Do you want to do an audio check real quick? Yeah, I can hear him. Oh, you can hear him. Okay, enough. Right, Cole? We can hear him breathing. (laughs) Okay, thumbs up. Well, he can hear us. Anyways, let's bring him. I can hear him. If we can't hear him, then it's what it is. Pretty sure I can hear him. Cole, how's it going? Thumbs up. No, oh, you can't hear him. I did hear him. We can see him. I, when he first Hold on joined, one second, Cole. We're going to try to figure it out. Well, let me... Oh, did we do this once before, Ben? We figured out there was a way to do something else. Like, I don't remember what it was. I heard now. him when he first joined. In, so. You heard him when he first joined. It's possible... Cole, can you yell? No, no, no. <laughs> um, oh, I heard him, right? No, you heard Evan laughing in the background. Oh, oh I remember. It was like deafen, undeafen, solo, solo. I don't know. He's blind, unblind. All right. It's possible we may need you to close out of that link and say, try to come back in. Cole, the other thing is, out if you're using in. an iPhone, the earbuds, it seems like sometimes they give us a problem. If Try it without the earbuds. Try it with the normal iPhone audio if you can. I, I don't know. Maybe that's it, too. Just close out and come back in. You'll be fine. Um, We've been doing pretty good with that, and I think you're right. I think we heard yeah, him originally. Yeah, we've been trying that. to do audio weird. tests. Intern Ben's our audio test guy before we bring him in, and, well. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, he said I heard him. Oh, which, I don't know. All right, well, this is what the Ace video's actually, Ace challenge is actually going to be. First one, the Ace gets $20,000, one hour of tries. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly think that might be it, yeah. Hopefully with a cool basket. Snap or clap for us, uh, Cole. Like, give us a sound. See if we got that figured out. Why? What are we missing, Ben? What are we missing? I think it's Cole's pranking us. Right of my screen. What was it? What'd you say, Nick? 
It says it says he's muted at the bottom right of my screen when it says unknown users. I can see him mute and unmute, screen. but I can't hear him. What is up with that? Drags Tra- in So again. I don't know if he has an iPhone or what he has, but if it's an iPhone, which I think it is because we did iMessage, um, when you w- go into this web, this is real exciting for our listeners, but when you go <laughs> into this this link I send you, um, if it if it prompts you, it says, hey, we need permission to access your mic and whatever. Like if that doesn't pop up, sometimes it doesn't work. Um, so it needs to pop up and ask permission to use your mic and camera. But all again, oh, he's out again. So and he's, he's back. In. He's using another. Yes. Device. Oh, we can hear him. Oh, I can hear him. Okay, let's just bring him in. Three, two, one. Let's go. Oh, and he's vertical now. That's so. okay. Go for it. There we go. Three, two, one. Sorry, everybody, for that. That's not Cole's fault. That's the Cole, show. Show. Can we hear you. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you. Awesome. Okay. I was using I was using my Mac uh, computer, and I guess there's something wrong with the audio there. But uh, now let me guess. Phone, now that's working. Let me guess. So you're using Safari on the oh, that's okay. Yeah, there you oh, yeah, you can yeah keep it keep it like that. Oh that's well, either way, now we can go to the either interview. So there Boom. we go. Boom. I just yeah. like horizontal. I'm a horizontal type of guy. That's better. Okay. Again, sorry for that, everybody. That's a real exciting talk here on the Nick and Matt show. But you came in, you were hearing some of what we were talking about. They're trying to come up with what to do for $20,000 at MVP Open this year because the million-dollar shot's gone. Any quick idea come to your head? What did you think about my lotion idea? Throw lotion on your hands. See if you can throw over 500 feet with lotion. What do you think? Um, Sure, because I'll do it. So. <laughs> I'll do it. Oh man, that's that would probably be pretty tough, but it'd be entertaining to watch. Um, all right, dude. So you just shot 15 down in the last round of preserve, second tied for second place. Um, incredible performance. I've as a fan of the sport and watching you and having met you in person, your game this year seems to me to be really standing out. Do you feel that same way? I do. Um, I've had some rough patches of tournaments the last couple of events. Um, and then uh, Texas States wasn't in Champions Cup wasn't ideal. But um, yeah, I feel like I'm putting up the season that I hoped for so far. Um, my expectations maybe have been exceeded a little bit. Um, I think, you know, it's easy to get ahead of yourself and want more than what you already have or what you've already accomplished right now. But um, I feel like I'm just trying to process and take it one event at a time and um, try to be content with where I am because, you know, sometimes you just have to take a look back and and realize where you actually are and how thankful you would have been, you know, whatever, a couple of years ago of where you are right now. So, um, yeah, like I said in my interview on the DGPT, like, I'm young. I got a lot of career ahead of me and I'm not trying to get hasty about too many things. So I'm just thankful to be where I am and, and shoot those hot rounds when they come um, and uh, keep up those, those top finishes. Did you, first of all, how old are you? 18. Okay. 18. Did you find that course? You played it well. Did you find it boring compared to courses on tour? There's, there's some talk in the chat and on all around it, Like, Hey, we don't like watching this course. Uh, I don't know how many people that is, but what'd you feel? I think maybe from a viewer's perspective, it could come across as boring uh, just because there's a lot of birdies. There's a lot of like hyzers or like turnovers or hyzer flips um, or just like, yeah, like, I don't know, hyzer disc golf. Hyzer <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, it's just disc golf, but also like it's in the wide open. There's a lot of long grass that's actually in bounds on that course. I think if you add a lot of out of bounds to that course, it could actually wouldn't be one of the best tracks that we play all year. 
I think there's a lot of bunkers that could be made hazards. Um, I think the hole distances and the way the holes are shaped are actually really great um, at throwing a lot of really fun shots the whole round. I just think there could be a little bit more out of bounds incorporated. And I think, you know, that shows through all the hot scores um, all weekend, like, you know, 15 down can be possible when you're hitting your landing zones and stuff. But once you add the OB and the stress of all of that, then, you know, maybe a, a, a 10 to a 12 down is going to be filled feel about the same so um yeah it could be boring per se right now but i think you know with some more added ob and stuff like it could be a lot more entertaining and exciting hold up sorry nick i know you've got a question but you just asked for more ob now i want to do like a duel on our show and bring simon on like i want to bring simon on right now and just be like yo this is what Col simon if you're listening just tell us your response no um in all seriousness though like you're asking for more OB to make that course more exciting. There are different opinions on it. You feel like that's one way to do what? Increase the the mental strength you have to have or the exact precision, or it's just too easy for landing zones. Like, what are you thinking there? I'm thinking for this course, this course specifically, because um, there's, of course, a lot of courses on tour that I'm just like, this way too much okay. OB. Um, but I think there's not enough on this course. I think there's a happy medium. Uh, I think this one's too far on, on one side of the spectrum than the other, but um, yeah, no. And, and just mentally, like it's so much harder to throw around OB because oh, now you're worried about going OB. You're worried about overshooting <laughs> the landing zone rather than just not undershooting it into the only OB that's there. Right. So um, I know I'm totally, I'm an advocate for OB, even though I find it more than many other people on tour, but I think it just <laughs> needs to be in the right. I just think it needs to be in the right places. Is that true, Statmando? He he finds OB more than anybody. We'll have to look into that. I can just tell you right now. Oh, he, okay. Okay. Evan, look it up. There's not. It's like a. It's a circle one percentage. They also have an OB percentage. Uh, is that a thing? An OB percentage? Yeah. OB rate. OB rate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Per tournament. Yeah, like, but how about per season? <laughs> yeah, it's they and it's do. and it's not for every stroke. Like if you go OB twice on a, oh. a throw, I forget how. There's there's some special cases for it. I forget. He's exactly a special case for this one apparently. So. Maybe. All right. All right. So I actually that that's what I was saying earlier in the podcast was I think for that specific course at the preserve, adding a little bit of OB would actually be a pretty good thing. But I do understand there are certain places like USDGC where the whole place is just OB. So it's not it's a completely different style, of course. Anyways, um, <laughs> I was going to talk about really quick. You go from 61st place in Des Moines, which was missing cash at that tournament which it was only a two round event. So maybe the third round, you you know, the, the second round technically would have picked it up. But what is it about just disc golf in general and for you specifically to where you can have an off week and then the next week, everything is just clicking? Like what, what about your game is causing that to happen? And what is clicking on the days where you're shooting so well, like the final day of preserve? Wow, that's a really hard question because there's, <laughs> You go. I feel like you you can go into into every round with the same mindset, but mm -hmm. one round is just gonna, you know, outweigh the others by so much. Um, yeah, I mean, I also think your game can feel really good one week, and you can still play really bad that week. Like, like it's it's just such a weird mm -hmm. it's such a weird feeling in game. And I really honestly think it all comes all down to expectation. Mm -hmm. I think it's possible to have expectation without knowing that you actually have expectation. Like I remember at Des Moines, I was like, all right, no expectations this event. Like I know your game feels really good, but just go out there and play. And it's easy to tell that you're to yourself, 
But if your heart and your mind that you have this expectation of my game feels really good and I better play well, then you're going to get really frustrated really quickly and you're not going to be able to come out of that. And so it's really hard to not have expectations because once your game feels a certain way, you automatically create so many for yourself for that event. And so think, I think for Des Moines is I kept telling myself to not have expectation, but it was hard to like actually believe it and put it into form. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, on the days that you start shredding and you get into this kind of this flow state mentality, you just kind of be like, um, regardless of what happens, just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, I think the phrase like, don't focus on the future, but what's the next shot is. Um, I just think that's so hard to actually do um, <laughs> because you're in the moment. You're like, all right, I'm just going to execute this next shot, not worry about, you know, the next last five holes of the round when you know you're shredding. Um, it's incredibly difficult to do. Um, and you really have to not not like throw away that thought and keep thinking about it and thinking about it hmm. until you actually can internalize it and and help it, you know, work into your game and what you're actually doing. Um, so, yeah. Does it help you to think about something else outside of the game? Oh, why am I? I'm blacked out. Yeah, I don't know. That's okay. They can hear me. I don't know why that is. Does it, does it, does it help to um, oh, think about something else? I know we've talked about, I think, with Dave Felberg at one point. It's like, and he brings up Ken Climo, and it's like the idea you can just go. I keep forgetting yeah. it's off. Um, he mentions like, hey, if you're thinking about your game or every shot all the time, then you're going to be like overwhelmed mentally. Like you need to start thinking about other things besides your shots, you know, like until you're at your shot. Like what's your mentality? I think that's true um, to an extent, but I also like, like, I don't like, I'll, I'll open up my phone, you know, open up Instagram or whatever. And, you know, that's just too much noise. Like there's too many things there you know, people's stories, you start flipping through stories in the middle of your round, like, there's so many things that your mind just jumps to and this person and that person, this thing and this thing. And then I I, I honestly believe it can maybe help you be unfocused. Um, I But I also think it depends on who you are. Because, you know, if you like all of that, if you need that distraction, because you need a little bit of mental release going into your next shot, then cool, good for you. But um, I also think it's better to stay in the moment. And even like, fight those nervy thoughts or, or things that might be concerning you in the middle of your round, because, you know, I try to attack those feelings and thoughts instead of like, try to use other ways to avoid them. Because if you can attack them and continue to play well, then you're kind of overcoming that. And I think if there's, if there's a weakness, if there's something that you can't distract your mind with, then how are you actually going to succeed when, you know, you can't distract your mind when you're coming down the stretch to win a tournament and um, you can't get those thoughts out of your head, even if you start thinking about, you know, who's going to win the NBA championship this year. You know, it's like you can't you know, sometimes you just need to face those thoughts and things and, you know, put them put them into perspective that actually gain you an advantage rather than scare you into a disadvantage. Yeah, thanks for that answer. Um, I think you're right. It's different with each person. Good for you if it works or. <laughs> if it doesn't it doesn't yeah. hey my camera's yeah. down guys which is fine you guys keep taking the interview i'm going to work a little bit here yeah All i got right. it sounds good I got, oh go ahead Evan. Yeah, yeah yeah so cole you, you've talked about before that the 2021 ledgestone really felt um like you knew you could compete on tour uh has there been other events since then that have just elevated your um your confidence on tour and tell you that you can compete at an even higher level yeah i mean i think ever since it started at waco 
taking that third place at Waco and shooting three very consistent rounds um, there. Um, I don't remember. I think I went 10, 10, 9 or something like that. Um, for me, it's all about consistency. And if you can show that consistency, it's, it's it, you know, you know, it's easy. But like if you can shoot a nine under the first round and get to one of those top three cards, if you can shoot a couple more nines, you're most likely going to be in the top 10 because, you know, other people can do that, but they're going to be shooting, you know, a five or a six that next round. And that's when you get your advantage if you can keep it consistent. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, all it takes to compete at that highest level is to be consistent. And then when it gets down to the end of the tournament, making a couple more birdies to make that push for the win. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think once you kind of find your flow and, and understand what you can really do on a course and maybe get in that extra practice round and get that little edge on somebody, um, you know, I think definitely, I think my confidence has, you know, skyrocketed ever since that third place at Waco and then the third place at OTB when I struggled with putting issues once again uh, at the Champions Cup and, and Jonesboro. Um, just to come out and go third at OTB was just insane. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I, like I, I always say, like you can always find your game that next week. Um, and so that's something I always have to keep in the forefront of my mind is like, even in those rough tournaments where I missed cash at Des Moines, it was a weird tournament, man. You know, there's two rounds, whatever. It's hard to like stay fully focused. It's super windy that final day. You got to catch yourself some slack and then move on to the next one and just understand where your game is at and keep adjusting and know that you're not going to make it worse if you keep trying to adjust to make it better. So. And speaking of nine down, that's when you went to start out preserve, then you go eight down. But I want to talk about the third round where you go 15 down. Uh, that was your best round by score to par. Uh, before that, it was 12 down at a few events, I believe, maybe including Austin earlier this year. Uh, and as far as ratings go right now, it's your fourth best of your career. How would you rate the final round of the preserve uh, as far as your career of best rounds? 100% the best round I've ever played. Uh, I think really? it, uh, I mean, that's really, although I did, I mean, Deeglo is a really close second. Um, I just think I, here's what I think about the preserve is those are shots that you can definitely execute in a field, you know, pretty much anywhere. Um, but when you're feeling that pressure of coming down to stretch to close it out and you're at the top of the tournament, you know, that is way harder to do than when you shoot a 12 down at Deeglo and move from like 60th to 15th, you know? So it's like when you're moving from 60th to 15th, there's like no nerves there. Cause you're just trying to still go all out and like keep moving yourself up that leaderboard. But when you're at preserve and now you've almost caught Ricky, who's been on fire the whole event and you're 11 down through 14 holes, then, you know, the nerves start ramping up and getting pretty high. And those are pretty well executable shots. Um, and uh, yeah, you, you just got to be able to do that down the stretch. And I think the ability that I had to stay calm and calm all the nerves and all the voices, um, I think was just huge. And to be able to close it out in the way that I did, like I made one mistake coming down the stretch that was hit the tree on the left on 15. It cost me a par, but I birdied 16, birdied 17, eagled 18. I think that's just like one of the more conquering moments mentally uh, that I've had during a final round, regardless of whether the course is easier or harder than another. Uh, I think you have to definitely play mental strength into that as well. Yeah, and you, I believe you actually tied Ricky with that eagle. Of course, he had many more holes to play, and of course, he got more birdies and ended up with the win. But uh, as far as number goes, that means he had to birdie in order to get the win. So, of course, the pressure was there. Nick, I didn't mean to cut you off if you got something. but I No, you're more. good. I know Evan, I mean, excuse me, Ben said he had something to ask. So, Ben, go ahead. Oh, he's muted. Uh-oh. 
Yeah, we're still not hearing you, Ben. It, he's he's trying to talk. Oh gosh, we fix the camera, we lose Ben. Ben, <laughs> flip it back to me and Evan, and and Cole, obviously. No, we can't hear you either, Matt. Oh my goodness. The whole studio's down. Oh my god! This is the greatest moment of so many people's lives. Even yeah. though we didn't have Matt last week, <laughs> we've we've officially but, silenced. I, I got. I do have a question, Evan. Okay, um, go ahead. So Nick. I'll shoot. It. So, I kind of talk to me a little bit as a touring professional disc golfer. You're going from tournament to tournament every single week. I don't see Europe on the schedule this year, so I'm assuming you're obviously not going over to Europe. What is the tour like when it comes to actually practicing? You mentioned that. Des Moines was a little bit of a fluky weekend, but you mentioned other tournaments where you weren't feeling solid. Are you focused on certain things during your practice rounds? Are you still doing field work? Are you specifically just practicing the course? What is kind of the practice for yourself as a touring disc golfer? Um, I think, I think you're never going to be throwing the same ever. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I just think there's little micro things that happen, whether you take a day off, um, whether you take a day off or you play every single day, something is going to continue to change. Matt, you're unmuted. And uh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, Cole. The, um, the guys were talking in the background. I don't think they knew they were unmuted. You just oh, exposed us. Okay. Sorry, everybody. The show couldn't hear us, but you guys could hear us. And we're all back. On. Sorry. We're back. Sorry, 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 sorry. My okay, question sorry, marks. Let's go. go. Ahead. Quiet no. down and let's get to Cole. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, I think more of my practice comes down to how my game is actually feeling. I think a lot of shots on tour come down to feel, and I've had many talks about with Gannon about that, um, is, you know, what are you feeling in that moment of that shot? Because there's different variables. Practice isn't going to be the same as the tournament. Your mind's going to be different. Your body's going to be different. Uh, the conditions are going to be different. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it comes down to feel. And when you're practicing, you just want to formulate a good game plan for the course and what you're going to do if it's perfect. But, um, you know, if it's not, you need to learn to adjust. And I think a lot of that comes down to you as a player and your game, the way that you throw, the way that um, you analyze when you mess up. Uh, I just think so a lot of when I, when I do a lot of practicing, I think I do a lot of form work. Um, I do a lot of like little mental tricks to think about like how a certain situation should, how I should react to a certain situation or where should I miss on the hole to make sure that I don't pinch myself off for the next shot. So, um, you know, I think it's a lot of internal thinking, more practicing than like, okay, what am I going to do on this hole during the tournament? Because that comes pretty quickly and you can like very easily decide what you're going to do, uh, on a hole on tour. And a lot of it just comes down to feel after that. Gotcha. Are you, are you still driving around in the camper this year? I am. Yes. All right. If, uh, you want a place to stay for MVP, you can park the camper <laughs> at my parents' house again. Just one stipulation, just one right. stipulation. You got to teach me good backhand form. Oh, you got to help me out, you know, spend uh, some time here. helping me out with my form. <laughs> he laughs, so, but, but next serious, he's in a bad place. Oh, I'm a hundred percent serious. I obviously, I'm not going to take away from his practice at the tournament. If we're just hanging out at the house, eating burgers or whatever, he, Cole, you're more than welcome to park the yeah, RV at my You place. know, what's funny. Awesome. My, my question has to do with actually Cole's form. So a year ago <laughs> you posted my new form, hashtag Drew Gibson. It looked exactly like Drew Gibson's form. Now you have more, I'd say more unique to kind of you or it doesn't look as much as when you first post as like drew gibson's form so i i just wanted to know the process behind that like your thoughts like did you copy in drew's form lead you to the form you have now or did you kind of like tweak it you're realizing like oh that's not really for me and why did you even go through the form change in the first place yeah absolutely um 
Yes. When I first changed my form, it was to copy Drew. Um, I don't know if I've been very open about that or not, but I just love the way that he whips the disc, the way it comes out with so much power um, and snap. You know, of course, everybody's body's different. You know, I got I'm a little bit taller, a little bit lankier. So, of course, his form isn't going to work the same for me as it does for him. Um, but I just love the way he uses his entire body to throw the shot as controlled and as powerful as possible. Um, I think having a lot more spin on the disc can help you have a little bit easier touch because you can throw a little bit softer with, you know, your arm or whatever and still get the power with your body. Um, so, yeah, I think I was just trying to throw really controlled. I think there's kind of two ways to throw. I think you can have more of a controlled throw with a, a powerful power grip, or you can kind of have a whippy throw like Drew and use a fan grip. And so a lot of people don't know this, but I actually fan grip every single disc that I throw. There's not once that I will power grip a disc. I will only ever power grip a disc if I'm like doing a weird patent pending and I need a little extra bit of, you know, snap at the end of it. But if I do my full form and I power grip, that disc is going to be as grip locked as you will ever see. Hmm. So I need to adjust to that power with a fan grip. Um, so I have what? a very powerful throw with a fan grip which means that it will it will come out where i need it to um but it'll also be as controlled as i need it to so i feel like i have a lot more i don't throw as fast as other players on tour but i get a lot of spin uh and a lot of whip from my uh arm and just the rotation that everything comes through at the same time uh to where i can get a lot more rotation on the disc so uh and then also uh yeah, it just kind of like formulated into my own thing. Once I started changing it into something like Drew, I found it was a little bit more comfortable and accurate for me. Uh, and yeah, just been over a year, it's been evolving. And I even have a reel on Instagram of when I started, it was like January 2022 to like November of 2022. And, and when I started and then where it is now, and it's just vastly different. And I think it's just for finding what's comfortable for you and uh, adjusting and and um, continuing to analyze and uh, find out what's going to be the most consistent. But really, it's knowing what the options are. And you've discovered that. And 18 is not super young. Some people, they would say it's really young. But 18, you figured it out. Uh, I've been playing the sport 18 years. And I'm like, that was a new thought for me. Like, dude, you could throw too fast with too much spin. I got a fan grip so I don't flip a grip lock. Like, that was really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Um, we had Katrina Allen on about an hour ago now, and we know that you've been carrying her bag or she mentioned that you might give her some insight or ask if it's okay to give insight or, hey, should we move on or do you want to talk about it? Those types of things. Um, how did this come to be and, and do you enjoy doing this? Yeah, um, we were at OTB, I think it was, um, and I was just, you know, like, I don't know. I started the I started the sport back in 2015, and she was real powerhouse in the in the women's division back then, and um, and still is now, obviously. But uh, yeah, just you know, first starting the game, looking at all the really good players. So I mean, you know, I've known her name forever since I started, and whatever. And you know, there's still part of me that's a fan of the sport, and you know, it's just cool that she's a teammate on DGA. Um, and you know, we share a lot of the same values and opinions in life, and so it's just very cool to you know, kind of have, let her give me that experience. Kind of, I asked her at OTV, I was like, Hey, would you like mine? Like, I don't want to mess with your flow, but do you mind if I just carry your bag or even just walk with you during one of your rounds? 
Um, and sure enough, I was able to get a late enough tea time at Portland uh, to be able to to follow her for the final round or, or the third or something like that. Um, and it was just a really good time and really good opportunity. And um, yeah, I just we just like I, I recognize a lot more parts about her game than I probably thought I probably intended, I guess. There's just a lot more similarities to our games than I really expected. But also it helps to be throwing the same plastic. You know, she's throwing rifts, I'm mm. throwing rifts. She's throwing pipelines, I'm throwing pipelines. So we kind of know how those discs fly. The only difference is, is I can throw them harder. So they're not going to fly the same for me as they do for her, but it'll be, you know, I can I can see how her game is adjusting to that disc. So um, it was very quickly, I was very quickly able to just kind of analyze and learn a little bit more about her game. Um, then and then uh she didn't play she didn't she played dd oh i think she didn't play des moines um and then i was like man i was like kind of a good time at portland and i feel like i maybe made a good impact and a difference during the round and you know i don't like sitting in my rv all morning till mm -hmm. my tea time late in the afternoon um i think it's so much better to have something to do even if you're worried about wearing yourself out i think you can always be prepared for your round um so more or less it, it just kind of came from like i'm bored in the mornings i want to go out and help and do something uh and she's appreciative of it and i have something to offer i have something to help and so um i was able to do that for round two at the at the preserve and she was just kind of like it's hot like you you shouldn't carry my bag like you're gonna be exhausted <laughs> for your round and i'm just like no nah, i'm gonna carry the bag this is gonna be this is gonna be good there was a lot more nerves for me because you know she's leading the tournament i don't want to bring bad vibes <laughs> kind of a thing so I would say I was pretty quiet for the first five or six holes, but, you know, as, as it went on a little bit, you know, you get a little bit more loose with the conversation or just about things maybe other than disc golf. And uh, then you're just able to, you know, get a little bit more comfortable with what your insight will be during the next shots and whatever, and you know, play off her vibes and whatever. So I think it's just important to be mentally aware the entire time of like how you're affecting them. Um, and then just, yeah, all the knowledge that I was quickly able to kind of put together about her game and just over the years that I've been watching her, um, it was just a really cool experience to be able to put some insight and have some input. Um, so, yeah. Did – I know you play different layout, the same property. Um, does watching that inspire you at all to shoot 15 under? Any part of that all, good vibes, uh, learned lessons or anything, or is it just like not related at all? Absolutely. I think it's, it's honestly, it's a great opportunity to be in the moment without actually being in the moment. You know, you get to watch somebody deal with the pressure and deal with the nerves and be, you know, they're contending for the win, but you're not actually the one doing it. So you can actually take a little bit of a step back and like, you're helping them, but you're also like not having to execute the shots yourself. And so I think it was just a really cool, really something that just kind of made me really calm going into day two and day three hmm. uh, of just being like, you know, I can relax a little bit more. Like I feel like I've already had a little bit of <laughs> pressure on me today for some reason, you know, and just watching how she handles it all. It just can really positively influence the way that I'm going to do it later in the day. And just because we're throwing a different course, just because we're in a different division doesn't mean the mindset is any different. Um, and so I just think it's, it's just a super cool, it's just a really cool connection that you can have with somebody out there and uh, to be able to learn and just, you know, take positive aways from that um, to be able to execute yourself later on. So you mentioned um, having some nerves or some pressure feeling just being there. I was just, I just got back from junior worlds and the feelings that I had 
with my nine-year-old fighting for a final four spot was just like, I tried so hard not to pass any of that along. And so I'm sure you're kind of relating that you're just like, you get to watch and it's a different thing, but that's, that's awesome, man. I'm glad that that's working out. Um, has there been any discussion about future events or is it just, Hey, we'll see as we get there. Yeah. I mean, we'll see as we get there round one at preserve. I, I was like, I kind of want to carry for Katrina this week because I guess she's playing and sounds like a good time. And, you know, so I better have a late tea time if I want to mm, do that. True. Um, and I was like, I was like, I need to tee off like after two o'clock, like, like that you have means you have to shoot really good. And I think I was only like two or three down through the front 10 holes or something. I'm like, dude, you're not, you're not going to be able to caddy if you don't pick it up. And so I went for like <laughs> six for the last six to finish the final round so I could shoot a nine down and, and caddy for, for round two, which is kind of funny. And then, yeah, just a little extra bit of motivation of like, I can get a late enough tee time so I can caddy. And, you know, maybe it's, it's less about, you know, it, I think it's just more about something impactful that you can do with your day before you go do your job, before you go out there and do your job. Because um, I feel like that's more what it is for me is just be able to go help somebody out and be a good influence to their round and what they're doing and what they're trying to achieve rather than, you know, whatever, watching my TV show all morning in the RV, sitting in the AC and not knowing what to do with myself. Um, I also, uh, I talked about this in my interview a little bit, but, or maybe just with some friends. Um, it actually helps to, be tired going into your round because I actually felt a lot less nerves than I expected. I, I would think about how big the moment was that I was coming down the stretch in a really hot round, the opportunity to, to tie the course record and shoot the lowest under par that I've ever have on tour, um, shoot one of the hottest rounds in my year and potentially take another podium. Like all these thoughts are still going through my head, but I'm like cool as a cucumber. Like I sat down on the bridge on hole 14, the par five, while I was waiting on other guys to throw. And I threw my second shot like way up there. Um, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I closed my eyes. I'm like, dude, if you don't get up, you're going to fall asleep. I was just so <laughs> tired from caddying and just threw my round. But I honestly think it helped me because then the nerves didn't get so high because I couldn't, they like, they just couldn't get too high. I was so tired. I was just all about, you know what? I'm just going to go throw the next shot and um you know it just doesn't take a lot of whole physical effort to be able to throw um and i think it just took a lot of mental pressure off of me as well so what happened with the bib the the caddy bib you were wearing a, a redolin is that was that on purpose uh yeah she called me like a minute before her tea time <laughs> of round two and she's like i forgot the caddy bib i said all right well i have mine so I'll okay just grab it real quick. Cool. nice cool yeah <laughs> all right we have a game that we haven't done in actually a quite a while. There's a whole Reddit thread on this game. On <laughs> on whether this is, yeah, on, on whether this game is good or bad. There, yes. Like people are debating this, so we're bringing it back at Six least for tonight. Ago, at least for tonight. Yeah. Wow. Um, oh, if, you, if you've never done it, Cole or heard it, it's where the inception was. Evan gave us a stat from Stat Mando oh, back boy. in the day. And we were mind blown and it come to find out it wasn't a real stat, but he thought it was at the time or he messed it up. So we yeah, made a game called mess up. Yeah. yeah. So we made a game called stat or fiction. So he's going to give us stats from stat Mando and we have to decide if it's real or fake. So stat or fiction. And uh, with that in mind, can you give us the intro, Ben? Let's get right into oh. it. Oh, you're still up there. Oh. 
Okay. Mm. It's been a it's while. It's been a while. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jinx. That is crazy. Yeah, Jinx. Uh, well, let's get right into it. I'll say a stat, and like Matt was saying, you're going to tell me if it is a stat, as in it is true, or it is fiction. It is not true. Starting us off, Ricky Wysocki was the only player to eagle hole 18 all three rounds in both 2022 and 2023 preserve i am really As glad in, you did 2022 because cole would have a massive advantage of this year so. <laughs> yeah he, for obvious reasons that he at least knows um he's the only player to do it through those full six rounds is my point okay um Nick, yeah, not that first. he was the only in each year i'm gonna say fiction i'm gonna say fiction as well i'm going stat Okay. Cole's like, man, that hole's easy. Ooh. So Cole <laughs> is probably either Cole. Do you know for sure this year he did it all three rounds? Because I don't remember seeing. Yes. Okay. So then it really, uh, yeah, is it last yeah. year? And I don't know if he did it all last year. That's uh, okay. That's our answers. Yeah, and I'll say uh, this before I, I give the answers. There are only three players eagled at all three rounds this year. Ricky Wasaki was one of them. Uh, Cole Dolan was the second. Ezra Robinson was the third, at least in the ordering I'm giving, uh, not in that order it got accomplished. Cole's one of the three this year. Uh, of course, the stat or fiction question is, did Ricky do it last year and was it the only one? And the answer is fiction. Ricky only got it two of the three rounds last year. Uh, he unfortunately did not get in the final round, which was the most crucial. Uh, he was making that charging comeback. Uh, Bradley Williams ultimately got the win. I believe thanks to Ricky not getting that. I forget how the scores uh, officially shook out. Um, I was just playing the odds. Kevin Jones got it all three rounds last year. Nobody in 2021 got it all three rounds. And this year we saw three. So very cool. I Like I said, I was just playing the odds in my head of like, man, if he eagled it every round, there's a few things that are wrong with that hole. <laughs> Incredible player. I mean, and same for you, Cole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we don't have to dive into this, but I think it would be a fantastic par four. I think it's a very cool right. hole. Yeah, that's a, that's a fiction. That's fiction. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, let's go on to the second one. Uh, we saw Paul McBeth take down the victory. I actually didn't even recap that, but he won the Swedish Open. We we talked about it briefly, but didn't recap the full event. Uh, that is now his second European win on the season. Uh, he won the Pro Forester, uh, the first Euro Tour event he played, not the first event in Europe this year, but the first Euro Tour, and then just won the most recent events. That's two in Europe on the season. The stat or fiction is Paul McBeth has never won three or more European events in a single season. And that's specifically for standard stroke play or solo. So it does not include President's Cup. So uh, Paul McBeth has never won three or more European events in a single season. It, it's worded kind of a double negative in a sense. So uh, if you think he has won three or more European events in a single season, that would be fiction. If you think he has won two or less before, but not three or more, that would be stat. So on to Matt this time. It's, fi it's fiction. I think three is the, it's not an over under on three. It's three or more. I think he's probably done three. That's my answer. Fiction on that stat. Sure. Okay. Cole says fiction as well. So you guys both think that he won three or more. Yeah. In a single season in Europe. All right. I'm going to say stat. Oh, the man. only, the, and I'm going to explain my answer now that everyone is explain it. Cause Paul right now, doesn't believe you. In 20, because I'm trying to think of the years of like how many European events did a lot of the pros go to. And there was European Masters, European Open, and Kona Piche Day were kind of mm -hmm. the three big ones for a while. 
So I'm thinking, okay, year 2014 and then 2016, but he didn't win European Masters in 2016, I don't think. So anyways, that that's my reasoning. Hey, you didn't give Cole a, a, a fiction. Yeah, and and I don't know if we're letting Ben or player not doesn't have a camera position, but Ben, ben if you wanted sure, to answer, jump in. He can drop his camera down. He uh, knows how. Oh yes, I'm jumping in. Uh <laughs> fiction. <laughs> Just mm. joins the majority. Yeah. All right. The answer is stats. Oh, Nick, you are too smart. Mr. P. McBee's best friend. Yep. Uh, I texted him. Apparently knows him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just texted kidding. him. He couldn't. He couldn't make the interview, but he was awake enough to watch the yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he won. Has, he has won two or more in a single season in Europe mm-hmm. many times: 2013, 2015, 2017, and this year. He has never won three or more. He has three more chances to do it. He's playing Skeleftia Open. Uh, Skeleftia something. I'm guessing Open uh, this weekend, which is the last. Uh, purely euro tour event he's playing uh then he's playing pcs open which is a disc golf pro tour elite combo with the euro tour and then of course the uh major european open so if he gets one of those he'll set his own record there you go on to the third and final one this was katrina allen's first minnesota fpo win besides the majestic slash minnesota majestic it's had multiple names uh, this was Katrina Allen's first Minnesota FPO win besides the Majestic. You're, is it okay? Cole says fiction. I, I don't know if that's a lot of insight, as if he, he really knows that. But he knows. Look at that poker face. Look at him. I wanted to say stat. <laughs> I wanted to say stat. So I'm just going to go with it. I, I feel like I saw Katrina post something about winning in Minnesota where she grew up or used to live, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know. So, Nick, what do you got? So if I say stat, it's saying that she has won something she else hasn't. besides the preserve and the majestic. No, she, she hasn't, hasn't won. Yeah, besides the majestic. I, I'll go fiction. I, I'd have to assume this is for fiction. the tie. Thank you, Nick. Now I can get the tie. I'm yeah, going, it, I got it, you. I, yeah, there's a lot of been word speaking. I, I didn't even say that correctly. I'm all over the place too. Uh, so uh, by Matt saying stat, you have said that she has not won a Minnesota FPO event besides the Majestic before. Yes. So so that's where we're standing. And then Cole and Nick, you saying she has won yeah. a Minnesota I don't, event. I don't have any insider knowledge. I'm just. And I you just said FPO. FPO, yes. Yeah, FPO. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's get into the answer. Stat. The chat is 54%. Oh, ben, sorry 57%. about that. What is your guess? Okay. Is it stat? It's that. I was going okay. with stat before. Right, my Cole bad, Ben. Yeah. Sorry to it. leave you Everyone out. Everyone forgets about the intern. Yeah. yeah when you're yeah, off yeah, camera, yeah, yeah. you're out of mind. No more yep. coffee for you, Evan. All right. The answer is stat. <laughs> Let's uh, go. I'm going to be honest. This is one where I'm like still nervous right now that it's, <laughs> I actually it's got it wrong. But I looked it up. And it, like everything points to it, and I'm like, no way, this is true. I'll text no Kat. way. I'll text her. Uh, she has one. I got brutally skunked. Say that. Uh, oh, how did you get? <laughs> did you say you got skunked? I got brutally skunked. Brutally. <laughs> it happens. I'll take a picture, <laughs> send it to Kat. This game isn't easy. And I'll say, Cat, uh, he's not as good at trivia as he is caddying. <laughs> I think it's easier to get uh, skins and and tour skins. Than yeah, it is, uh, let's take it to the course, Cole, and see here. who you skunk. How about that? We'll go out, Nick and Matt, show when you come up, and we'll video it. Dude, you can skunk speaking us. of yeah. taking it to the course, I don't, I don't know if you remember, Cole, 2021, when I first uh, started playing, it was like four months in at Pyramids, you asked to play with us. I played a few. Yep. You remember? 
I do. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we play. So yeah, that's when I first got in, and uh, that's that's when I would get starstruck from disc golfers. So <laughs> he still you, does. You, you still do. My, you're my. You still uh, do. Yep. No, I don't. Who are you fooling, Ben? First crush. I mean, what? I once you, what, what? What's up, Cole? I I definitely I definitely remember going to play because I was bored, and I also saw that it had that big the Marshall Street Pro Shop. Yep. I was like, this place actually looks pretty cool. Yeah. But I had nobody else to play with, and I was just kind of bored. And so I saw you guys play, and I'm like, hey, I just asked these guys if I could throw with them. I don't care. Whether I'm better or they're better. Oh, dude, I was I was trash. Like now I know I was trash at that point, so I appreciate. But I appreciate. I remember asking you like former advice, and you said, "Well, first former advice is these they need to get better tee pads here," <laughs> and that's all you said. <laughs> I was like, Savage. "All right." So yeah, yeah true, he's my first pro I ever met. Ben Cole, has Cole Ben has since. Gained maybe about a hundred points on where he was then, so that's pretty. Good. No way. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. Yeah, I'm wow. like I'm nine twenty one now, but I can throw far, no further than you. Cole, what did you so. throw for a rating this year? Not true. <laughs> Ben's highest rating this year was like nine ninety seven or something. So he's, yeah, he's putting. I'm down getting better. better. I'm practicing, Cole, and it's all because of your former advice yep. about better T pads. Hey, let's go. Hey, Ben might be the second best player on this show, uh, uh, as far as host and co-host, not including Cole. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay going a tie here because we got a long show going. If you want to just close. Uh, it. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I thought. You, okay. Oh yeah, I, we, we I can tie. It. I have a bonus, breaker. but it's pretty quick. But okay, yeah, do the bonus you. just for fun. All right, my bonus was how many years did Katrina Allen win the Majestic? She has won it multiple times, so I'm going to give you that. But how many total years has she won the Majestic slash Minnesota? Are we going Majestic? like a closest two? Yeah, let's do closest uh, two. I have if a number. Tie, if it's tie, Three. whoever goes lower Three. wins. Well, it's not a tie. That was two points between you two, right? I Nick said six, six. I said three. What do you think, Cole? No one else was tied. I think. Oh yeah. I think it's three, but I'm going to say four. Oh. And okay. you have a guess before we close this out? Uh, I wasn't paying attention. Five. Nice. <laughs> Only because I, I was getting this up. Oh, oh, oh that's wow. so cute. Go full screen on it. Show uh, the world. There you oh, go. Wow. Two years. Oh, no. It, it'll be two years in September. But yeah. That's Look how I happy first... Ben is. Oh, Look dude. Man. That was, I was actually Dang, starstruck. That was my favorite polo. <laughs> that was my favorite polo. I missed that polo. <laughs> Go get him one, Ben. Oh, is that a discraft one? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Where is that polo? It's sweet. Yeah, Nick wants um, it. I think I gave it to my chiropractor. <laughs> Golly. Wait, he's not on the team. Let me show nice. Let me show one more thing. So this is like the whole after Cole. Oh, my bad. After Cole left. This is my throw. No, don't show how bad it is. Okay, everybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's who Cole was hole, playing with. Hole 11. He Whoa. barely even made the creek. Dude, oh my no, that's goodness. pyramids hole. Dude, eleven. Oh, you yeah. used hey, to be it, that it, bad. It was probably just good yeah. enough for me to play with you. So I mean, hey. no, I literally so bad. What? Yeah, yeah I don't even remember you being that. That bad. makes me look real good. I've improved good. a lot. Over yes, years, you have. So. Wow, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, All right, I was bad. All right, to close out Statter Fiction, the correct answer or the correct uh, person was Cole. You didn't get skunked. You got the bonus. She has won the Minnesota Majestic or Majestic four times. Uh, but as far as the tiebreaker goes, Matt, you get the tiebreaker over Nick. So you get okay. the official dub. She won in 2012, 2014, 2017, and 2020. Uh, interesting enough, the only two events she has played in Minnesota in FPO, which again, I straight up don't believe this, but it's what I found, uh, has been the Majestic and the Preserve. Wow. She has played junior events. I think she played even like uh, MA1 in 
uh, Minnesota before. Um, so a few other divisions, but not in FPO. Wow. Cool. I have one final question for you, a little fun, uh, uh, lighthearted one. Uh, at, at DGA, uh, we, of course, unfortunately saw Tyler Brickley move on. So my question to you is, who is now the funniest person at DGA? Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> easiest probably, one to get a laugh. Probably Austin Ham. Oh, okay. There you go. I thought you were going Austin Turner just because of that commercial. That got me yeah. good. But uh, <laughs> that might have been Tyler's uh, writing skills. So. No, Very Austin, cool. Austin, Austin can bring out the jokes when he, when he wants to, he's just, he's just everyone's Bubba. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Everyone's Bubba. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking on my own spit there. That's funny. There All right. Go. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we do get excited when you come to town out here in Leicester and we'll look forward to seeing you, but we're rooting for you on the rest of the tour, man. Mm-hmm. Keep it up. We're going to keep uh, cheering you on. So have a good evening. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks, guys. He's out. Good luck Thanks, to you, brother. Yeah. Yeah, DGA. There you go. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, I'm probably. I'm pretty sure that you can probably go on DGA Discs, and if you want to support Cole, check out his tour series disc, which Pipeline. I'm that big a of a fan. Cole, gotta okay. be the pipeline. 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 I wanted to say Hypercane, but I think that was Austin Hannum. <laughs> Cole, okay, is it a Pipeline your tour so series? We can see you in the virtual green room. Yeah, it is. I don't think anyone else can hear. Okay, okay cool. so check there you out. Go. I'm a big go fan. get. I knew it. There you go. Best go get a Cole Rodallin pipeline. That's what he says. Okay. So so at this point, I want to say if you followed this long, you're probably a decent live supporter of the show, at least. Like you're you're here. There's hundreds of people watching. And we've been going that long. Yeah. So <laughs> I want to say, like, for our post listeners, you're hearing this a day or two later, or three or four days later, or weeks or months later. But I want to tell you at the time of recording, it is July 3rd, the night before Independence Day. And we're announcing that we are going to be doing a prize giveaway coming up very soon that is valued at $2,200. And it Jeez. is for the MVP Open yep. experience called the Insider Pass. Short version, we're going to talk about it a lot next week. We're bringing in Steve Dodge. This pass will have you viewing an elite uh, playoff event one of the best events of the year in viewing it in a way that you the best okay there you go Uh, some might argue worlds but i think the event itself is incredible at at uh maple hill so you will be viewing it in the most how do i say elite way you could possibly view a tournament they are going to have concierge service for you. I want a hot dog. I'm on hole seven. <laughs> there you go. Hot dog. I want to be. That's a ca- fancy way to say you get like a butler. Yeah, I guess concierge Basically. is fancy, but like that is part of it. Every single night, there's something planned for you that is special, like a box seats at a baseball game, all different stuff. There's a lot special parking that doesn't get taken. Like it's literally reserved for you, whether you want to leave it empty or have it full, like at right at hole one in the main lot. Yep. Right at hole one. Players don't even get this. Cole's Cole's smiling and drooling. I can see he wants this. He's still here. (laughs) We can bring him up if you want. Yeah. Cole, you want, you want to help us with the giveaway? You're back in the show. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome back. Yeah. So, I'm just telling you about this giveaway. It's valued at $2,200. The reason why is because we're giving away two insider passes. So Ooh. that means... Is that two parking spots or is that just two yeah, people sorry, for the one, one parking, one parking spot. spot? They can't... That's okay. too valuable. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> you know Maple Hill's parking. <laughs> it's so, so, so tight. So they're giving away one of those. So 
two insider passes we're giving away and the real value is $1,100. Um, this is not just a gold ticket. This is not just a VIP parking. It's the whole experience. We're going to actually bring in Steve, I said next week, to talk about all of this as well as announcement of what they're going to do with the $20,000. So stay tuned for next week. Um, but we're going to be giving this away. We haven't decided yet how we're giving it away, but I can tell you for sure, you're going to have to be following us on social media and subscribe to our YouTube at the very least. I can see Cole's ding. <laughs> What's up, Cole? You want it? I want, I want this pass. I don't even want to play anymore. I just want the okay. free food. He, he wants the pass. <laughs> concierge service. <laughs> yeah. you get to, you're going to get to experience all different cool things with this Insider Pass. So we're going to talk about it more. I mean, I, I think it might still be for sale. But if you can get it free here, let's just go that route. <laughs> so you can spend $1,100 or $2,200. So it's, if you're not subbed, what are you waiting for? Subscribe. Because you can't even chat in our live chat unless you're subbed. So, okay. So do that. But then I would say do a few other things. We're going to come up with a way. We're going to post the rules of the giveaway. Uh, next week, we'll fully announce it. But I'm just giving you a head start. Do what you got to do to make sure we know you love the Nick and Matt show. That's kind of my take on it. Um, I don't think we have anything else to talk about. We're kind of late tonight. And you get one of Matt's comments from his personal collection. Oh, <laughs> no, that's a great point. We're adding to that. Yeah, so we're adding usually to the it. week of the MVP Open, we bring in touring players, maybe Cole and others. I don't know. We usually bring them in and we do a live in-person interview. Like we're doing now, Cole's not here, but usually in studio, we'll set up the couches. Everyone will be here. We're going to give you access to that night as well to view live in studio as this happens. So this giveaway is going to be massive. I, I'm serious. If you are anywhere in the country and you win this, it will be worth coming out for the I whole mean, week. that's that's probably that's like at least six, seven pros in someone's <laughs> house that you get to just like chat with as it and don't it, say that. Then the pros won't come. They'll be like, oh, <laughs> uh, there's a there's a random fan in here. Okay, it's true. It might make it awkward, but that's okay. Just don't be awkward. Be a good fan. <laughs> All right, Nick, close it out. Folks, one of the biggest things that you can do to enter and have a chance at winning this giveaway is subscribe to the YouTube channel. So if you're listening post-audio, get over onto YouTube, look at the Nick and Matt show, subscribe to us, and that way we are going to do this awesome giveaway uh, with the MVP Open. So everybody, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on the video once again. Check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. Happy 4th of July to everybody. Please be safe out there. Tell someone you love them this week. Catch you in the next one. That's right. Ben, you're awesome. Nick, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. And still on the show, Cole, Cole. you rock, bro. You're awesome. Peace out, everybody. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.